0: I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode number 61. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy. We are so excited to be talking to you about all the stuff that we have been watching this week. And we have a great episode set for you but before we get to any of that uh we have some housekeeping notes that we always have to get out of the way first and that is starting with the fact that if you are listening to this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever it is be sure to leave a rating and a review um it is so so helpful to us not just to get feedback from you which we always really appreciate but also by giving us that five star rating it also helps us get into the algorithm and helps us get seen by more and more people um so it's always so very very appreciated uh, when you do leave that rating in a review, um, you can also follow us across our social media, all at a gay in his nb, And that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. Uh, we're posting clips from the podcast. We're posting new content every single day, our instant thoughts on things. Um, so you're definitely going to want to check all that out. And like I said, that's across social media platforms at a gay in his nb. Uh, you can also pick up merchandise from us over at com uh, where we have a variety of different designs that Merlin has put together that you can get on different items, including T-shirts and mugs and stickers uh, and everything in between. Uh, the holidays are very closely rolling around, so it would be a great gift to either put as a stocking stuffer or 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 just for yourself. Who knows? Um, but uh, that's over at again is MB. Dot threadless.com. And finally, if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode, you can submit that either on the social media platforms I mentioned or over at agayinhisenby at gmail.com. And we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, we have a great episode in store. What is about to come to our listeners this week? episode.
1: Uh, we absolutely do have a lot of great things. We've got uh, Married to Medicine, which continues to be the greatest thing on TV. <laughs> it's, it's um, so good. Like these ladies just, uh, and the addition of Phaedra, it's just, I can't. It's so good. It's so good. Like Heavenly, my wig has been snatched. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, we're also going to be talking about this last week. Um, with Big Brother UK, lots of developments over there. The house has been cut in half.
0: We're we're going to have opinions for More sure. More than
1: just uh, metaphorically, physically, half the house is gone. Sure. Um. So we are whittling down to what that finale is going to look like. Um. But before we get to all of that. Let's talk House of Villains.
0: House of Villains for this week, a, a new episode. Um, I th- I thought this was a good episode. I will say, I don't know about you, um, I, I am missing Tiffany a lot. Like, yeah. I think she brought so much to this show in a way that, you know, it's, it's hard to replicate. There was still a lot of fun here. Um, and I do think it kind of centered the episode around more of the people that haven't been as intriguing to me so to speak like than 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 normal
1: yes i will say as much as i am missing new york i agree with you i do like that it gave space for a tanisha to step forward yes
0: tanisha was great this episode
1: and and really take a center role because i had been waiting yeah i had been waiting for her to kind of step up because she'd been playing a a background role so far right um but like Uh, New York leaving really created a void that she readily stepped into. Oh, for sure. um, And was like, y'all ain't getting no sleep because of me. (laughs) Um, So, uh, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Bang all the pots and pans.
0: Yeah. Uh, We come back um, the next morning after uh, Tiffany's elimination. Um, It starts with basically Shake sort of talking about how he kind of needs to cover his tracks because he was one of the two. Uh, that voted to send Anfisa home uh because he made that quick alliance with uh New right. York. Um I, it, I there was more screen time for Anfisa this episode which I kind of liked. Like like she got she's still not like the most like out there character I will say. Like she's not like she's not a Tiffany, she's not a Tanisha, she's not, you know, banana's even like in terms of that. But like she she had certain things I was like, okay, I kind of can see what you're
1: contributing in a way. I'm glad you saw it, okay? Because <laughs> I did not. Um, like okay. when when you said, well, it really got us to see more of Anfisa. I was like, I wish we hadn't. Oh, really? I, I'm I I don't see anything there. There's no there there. Yeah,
0: I thought it was. I thought it was an interesting moment when she's talking to Shake, though, outside by the pool or whatever, and she's like basically trying to figure out who was the second person that voted because it's clear it was Bobby because Bobby stormed yeah. off when Tiffany got eliminated but with her going can you take your glasses off for a second I want to look in your eyes did you vote for me I thought it was kind of a cool moment
1: it was also giving a little bit of uba <laughs> yeah 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 like uba from uh New York uh and it was I was like oh over are we gonna, and it was by a pool too. Yeah,
0: and it kind of also exposed how bad Shake is at this. I've realized. He's oh, kind he's of awful. he's almost as bad as Jax, not not as bad, but like, you know.
1: The problem is Jax and we've talked about it. Jax wishes he was reformed. He he really in his mind is reformed. Sure. Um he's no longer a villain again in his mind. Yeah. Um and really he tries to not be a villain. And this was really a bad show to, for him to be on. Shake is not um convinced that he's not a villain. He's definitely a villain.
0: But we'll and we'll get to it. He's kind of my least favorite kind of villain. Yeah. Like like I, I and I usually you know me, I'm very like receptive to most like reality TV tropes and characters, even if they're not the most like, you know, um respectable. But like, but there's no entertaining
1: to that type of villain. It's just like, uh, really, this it's just guy.
0: A, it's a, it's a little lazy and sort yeah. of like, you know, yeah. I've seen it done better, like by other
1: people, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, but she, he's like, he's telling her he said, "No, I didn't vote." And it's he's so bad when he's like staring her in the eyes, like saying no. He's a very bad liar. Oh yeah. And she's like, "Do you think Corinne did it?" And in his confession, he's basically like. I'll take it like I don't I you know she gives me a name I'm gonna basically run with it and then like Bobby joins them and he's basically laying out like you know I'll tell you what you know I think it was Corinne because you know we were hanging out here last night and she was like if Amphisa's here Benaz might just pick her over me and I love that they then show the graphic of footage not found because it never happened
1: (laughs) I love how this show is literally like Every bit of it has Joel McHale's DNA all over
0: it. Like he almost feels like he's a producer. It
1: it really is. It it feels like. um, What was his show? Oh, The Soup. The Soup. It feels like that sort of editing. That sort of like commentary. It's very Joel McHale. And I kind of love it. I really wish that. That him and New York being together on Drag Race had been mentioned <laughs> because she was so pissed at him. So was Michelle Visage. Yeah.
0: I, and then, but I didn't understand this. So he's like telling this lie, and then he pulls Bobby into like his closet or whatever to tell him the actual thing. Like, no, I did vote for Anfisa. Like, you know, dumbass. Stu- like, that's where I'm like, that's where like the Jacks thing, where it's like, it's one thing just to be a villain. It's the other thing just to be bad at this game. Like,
1: and but the thing is, is that that's not even good villainy. Like, good villainy, you never let in on the lie. Yeah. There's, the lie is like bulletproof. The lie has to be bulletproof, or it doesn't.
0: Uh, look at like I. The, I mean, with him being in the house, I the, the first thing I thought of when you mentioned that I was like, look at Johnny Fairplay. Like Johnny Fairplay was yeah. able to commit to a lie. Like, you know, yeah through to the end until you know
1: the only person who knew johnny fairplay's grandmother was still alive was the person who was never going to be spending any time with the other castaways right like Like, other than that everyone thought that bitch was dead and that's why it lived
0: if there wasn't a camera on him he would have taken it to the grave yeah that's the thing uh i also noticed after he does it bobby in his confessional goes Villain rule number 88, don't trust me. And I just realized, like, watching the episode, they've been, I feel like it's a conscious thing they're doing in these confessionals because they've, like, Tiffany did it once, I think, last episode, where she was like, Villain rule number whatever number. Omarosa's like, done it too. I was like, Are they feeding them this and they making this like a thing?
1: It, it feels very much like uh, rule of culture number 742. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and... Um, Bobby basically tells Omarosa that if he's, uh, going to win supervillain, he's going to gun for bananas and Corinne because he feels like they're uh, closely, I mean, he's like, it's bigger than just like any Alliance because it has the romantic sort of like element to it, which is correct. You, you break up the couple, like obviously, um, and then, uh, Oh, so, and then Corinne, so Corinne has her bedroom to herself now because Tiffany's gone because Tiffany was her only roommate. And then she that the gingerbread man that we saw, like, in the last episode that we weren't sure what the hell. It's
1: just a random prop around the house. Apparently. But it's not just a prop. It's like a giant fucking statue because she was struggling with it weight-wise. Yeah. That thing is heavy
0: where did that come from <laughs> well it, and they have like little like they have like the weird props in like the the rooms i'm just more confused about like who did the whole like because remember last week they did the whole like peering in with the yes team. i what was like was that? what was the point of that like <laughs> i don't know i still need answers um uh eva the voice uh thing tells them to get their swim in their swimsuits because they're going to get very wet today um, and, uh, uh, we see, obviously. which was
1: shady because they went to the coldest place on earth.
0: <laughs> um, also bananas trying to explain to Anfisa, like before they leave what, what a slip and slide is. And I mean, so it's like, you know, when you like, you and slip and you, you slide, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I was like, I get there's a language barrier, but you're actually doing a really bad job with describing this. It's like
1: somebody going, oh, you know, a hamburger. It's where there's ham and it's a burger, (laughs) but there's no ham, actually. Yeah.
0: And then immediately Bobby is in the room with Amphisa and Corinne, and Bobby's like, so Shake's going around saying that you voted for (laughs) Amphisa to Corinne. I was wondering what the strategy was of Bobby doing this since he wanted, like, Corinne out. I was like, I guess to just, like, cause more chaos to, like— Because the chaos
1: will then come from Corinne. Corinne will have the blow up, which is exactly what sent New York out the door. Right. So if Corinne then becomes the problem, then Corinne gets voted out.
0: And have the backup of, like, if Shake, like, say if Shake would have won the challenge. Right. Like
1: having, you know.
0: Um, Bobby also then tells Corinne about, and Enfisa about what Shake told him in the closet and stuff like that. So he's basically just like being like, so yeah, Shake, Shake absolutely did it. Yeah. Um, Corinne then tells us to Bananas, and Bananas is talking about how he basically wants to use Shake as, like, his meat shield, um, and he's going to help him win the upcoming challenge. So, like, which is what you need to, like, there's this discussion later that he has with Omarosa that I find very interesting in terms of, like, their strategies, and, like, I find Bananas to be smarter, at least in terms of an actual gameplay level. Yeah. Like i like we'll get to it, but Amaissa later is basically so mad at people who just aren't doing anything and and don't like and it seems like she actually believes that like the strong people should be towards the end, and I'm like, okay, but you gotta cut them at some point
1: to me uh, i it, maybe it's just this show, um I feel like there's no real direction with this show you're yeah
0: I know what you're I know what you're thinking like yeah.
1: there it's kind of like what's the point, mhm. Like there's money, but like, like with survivor, for example, you vote out people who are detrimental to tribe strength and or people who can beat you in individual challenges and you're balancing that and you're trying to balance that, especially, and it's, it's a front loaded as tribe strength and back loaded as get rid of the individual strength. Right. Um, That makes sense. The strategy is understood with chaotic people that you can't rely on getting rid of anytime you can. Um, Big Brother, similar thing for the U.S. For the U.K., it's more about who's causing strife in the house. Right. Right. What are the general strategies and motivations on getting rid of people in House of Villains? Well,
0: also, how I, I also find it odd, like, that we don't even know how you win the game. Right. Like, is there a jury? Like, is there... Like, how who, how's, how do we determine the actual winner at the end of the day? Because to me, that also should factor into things. Right. About who we're sending home.
1: Well, and it it's also like, okay, so is there a jury? Is there... Um, like, why is there no actual villainy? Determine, like, all these <laughs> Who's challenges. The best villain?
0: You make, you get, like, points for, like, being a villain. Right. Like, why, That's are, a fun idea. why
1: are we eliminating people? Have people compete for being the best villain. Okay. I can see that. And whoever gets the most points. You know, or like halfway through, you chop the house in half. Whoever's not making the cut gets the cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you keep competing until there's only like two people left, and there's a like a villainathlon or something, right? And like something, and it has to be like dastardly behavior. Like, why are we having a, a entire reality show based around reality show villains? When there's no villainy happening, yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole point. We love these people, and these people are iconic because of their villainous behavior. And nothing here is encouraging that. But
0: also, I think it's it's also different when like a villain goes against another villain. I get that it's like you know, you, sometimes it is like the Godzilla King Kong effect where it get, that is exciting. But also, I think also to an extent, part of villainry
1: is like. Having the lambs to slaughter. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so...
1: Maybe that's why half of the cast is like, meh. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be the lambs.
0: I, Yeah, because Shaken and Fisa and, the, and that vibe aren't giving, like, express, like, right. evil villains. So, yeah, I could, you know...
1: Like, I have a feeling that the actual villains were supposed to be Omarosa and Fair Play, Bananas, right. New York, and... Maybe Bobby, but like if you were Bobby. to, if
0: you were to throw, oh, like, no, Tanisha. but if you were to throw like Danielle Staub and Abby right. Miller in there, it's like, that is like a little too like, right. You know, combative to a certain extent. It, it is a balancing act. Um, we then go to the battle Royal challenge called cold and calculated and Joel's there in this like big, like almost like, um, factory building or whatever. Uh-huh. The, like a
1: meat locker almost.
0: Essentially. And there's ice blocks everywhere. And basically, I actually thought this was a very interesting challenge where, like, you have uh, each each person has a box that has currently three locks on it. You can smash these, like, ice blocks that can give you either a key to unlock one of the locks... Or another lock that you can put on another person's thing to slow them down. And so it's kind of a strategy game in that regard. I
1: did like this one. I felt like this one did lead lean towards the villainy. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've actually gotten that. Um, I also found it interesting that it was on the heels of us seeing the ice block challenge on Big Brother last last right, week.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: So it was just like is everybody doing ice? What is this winter? Oh wait,
0: <laughs> the fact that the producers before they start the challenge goes like, "Hey, um, so um guys, I ju- I just want to get this out there in case anyone was uh, thinking about it. Um, you can't pee on the ice."
1: <laughs> and l- how fair play was like, oh, I had literally been holding my pee for that. Okay, but, but like you should
0: have let them, you should like they should have just let them do it. To be honest, honestly, um, the so and Ban- bananas is like mentioned before that he's going to try to help shake win and then he's going to basically target bobby like because bobby would be the one most gunning for bananas and then omarosa is just outward not even whispering but just kind of outward telling corinne and anfisa go after shake <laughs> like, like and corinne's like yeah that was the plan um uh so sh- they go through it or whatever um shake it gets to the point where shake finally gets his lock off the last lock off but he doesn't open the box and very clearly, like Joel had told oh, yeah. them in the instructions, the last one with the lock off, and opens
1: the box. It's just hilarious because he unlocks the last lock and he's peacocking. He, go, he goes and to Corinna. He
0: goes to Corinna and he goes, You're fucking toast. You're fucking toast. Like just ranting and, and like
1: And Avarosa, who's like, I listened. I know what the instructions were. Yeah, just yeah, keeps yeah. unlocking her locks. So good.
0: <laughs> and and he's like basically trying to combat it or whatever in the beginning he's like no i no you said the last lock you said but no it was it was clearly what happened um Almer was also also said in her confessional i don't know how i was able to pull it off <laughs> you know this is the hardest challenge i've had to face in my entire reality tv career and i'm like this doesn't
1: seem that hard of a challenge she
0: she was like i don't like cold but it's like like you were on the apprentice like i'm not maybe not like physically but like those are, I would say, way more difficult challenges than, like, melting some ice and...
1: (laughs) and... Also, get over it. It's just ice. Yeah. And also, at
0: a certain point, like, she didn't even have to melt or break most of the ice. Like, they were passing the fucking keys to her. So it was like... Um, Bobby then just starts going off on Shake after this and goes, everybody wants you gone. You're the next target. We know you voted for New York, you fake-ass bitch. And, like, starts ranting and stuff like that. I... (laughs) I love Bobby's ability to just like start
1: shit. And this is where he confused me because if the whole point was to get Corinne to cause chaos, right? Why did he then jump in and cause the chaos?
0: Yeah. He kind of really like put himself centered in that as well. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe it was because Corinne wasn't being chaotic enough. And so he was like, fuck it. I'll just do it myself. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, that seems kind of Bobby like,
0: yeah. Um, we go back to the house. Um, Oh my god. Corinne and Bananas are in the hot tub and Bananas is like discussing like okay so like who do you think like Omoros is going to nominate because I think you know if if her intentions are this way blah 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 and Corinne is just like zoning out completely not oh, paying
1: attention. Absolutely no activity behind the eyes. And
0: then we cut to this fucking music video like they were in like like Stacy's mom or something of like fucking Corinne in this like like you know country not country but like sort of like you know girl next door like sort of this thing was with...
1: clearly a Joel McHale d- doing <laughs> like of course he made this
0: and it, it, I love I love like we said like them doing that kind of stuff in post production is really funny in that regard <laughs> but they asked me like Corinne like what do you think though and Corinne's like no it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> completely unrelated to what he was saying but that's so me though like i'm i'm bad sometimes at like zoning out even do i know. not for like sexy purposes oh uh, yeah <laughs> you've been the victim of that <laughs> uh many times um shake uh then decides okay i gotta try to like smooth things over or whatever she's talking to corinne in the in the kitchen Um, you know, he's like, I became someone I really didn't like in the challenge. And Corinne's just like, I mean, you've been going behind my back and saying, you know, these things in the house about how I'm, you know, stabbing people in the back and everything. Shake's like, like, I just need to explain, like, you know, when Tiffany went home, you know, I had made that quick alliance with her and I just scrambled. And Corinne's like, I know, but you blamed me and that's not fair. Like, why am I always the scapegoat? And Shake goes, because at that point, like, like you were already there. And then Corinne goes, well, thanks,
1: Shake. Awesome. <laughs> like, the problem with Shake is he won't commit. He has these moments of villainy, and then he's like, no, never mind. I want to be liked. But he's also bad.
0: He's really bad at just like... But he's bad at both of them, yeah. Charming people. Oh,
1: yeah. It's awful.
0: Like, it's, he, he has no game. Really.
1: I, it's really frustrating that he wants to, like, be mad at Anfisa for her level of... Like, right turning on the charm and then he's just so bad at it it's yeah. like bruh, <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's what are you non-existent doing? um they they basically then move the conversation to the into the living room and then apparently like there because amfisa is in the conversation as well and like after the elimination happened they all like toasted in the kitchen with amfisa being safe and she like called shake out to his face apparently and called him like a sneaky motherfucker like they showed that flashback
1: Wow. But the,
0: to where I was like, okay, visa, like, a little bit. You know, it's that's that's not too bad. um Kareen goes, so then you decided to blame me and say that it was because I was jealous of her and Bananas. And Shake's like, that's villainry. That's what villainry is. It's like, I mean, sure. I, at this point, like, Shake said, basically saying his confessional, like, I'm giving up even though this isn't working for me. Like, I'm just going to be an asshole. And I'm like, I guess. Like...
1: It's just, it's bad.
0: Yeah. Corinne goes, don't use me as your fucking pawn. And Shake goes, you're such a good pawn though. It's so bad. Wow. Um, And then he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, it's the best i felt about myself since walking into this house, even though it's not good for my game. It's like, cause you finally get to be a dickhead. Like I said, I didn't watch fucking Love is Blind. What He's on Love is Blind, right? I think so. Where I guess he is, this is kind of, him basically like they keep like bananas kept saying that throughout that it was like we find he's been trying to like mask it but like now this is like the same shake that we know and love but i don't know or love him so yeah it kind of it kind of is a problem um shake just goes you're a brainless little pawn that sucks up to and corinne just goes fuck you you're a disrespectful piece of shit and starts cursing at him and and storming off um yeah it's so it was like Okay, there's at least still like some like messy, like, you know, yeah. that kind of drama, even with uh, Tiffany gone. Um, we go the next morning. Oh my god! So the Omarosa is in the kitchen with uh, the three other women because now it's she's like okay. So basically, we're divided right now on gender lines. Like, there's four women, four men, and then so she decides to like show them with like oranges. She has like okay, so we have eight oranges. I'm the supervillain of the week. There's three people up for nomination. You have to pull one down. That leaves five people that are voting, which means you need three people. And, but and then Tanisha, I love Tanisha here because they do the whole like you know that. Meme where they zoom out and it's all like the math. math symbols, yeah. <laughs> and she, but Tanisha, I t- I love Tanisha acting as if she is understanding. And she's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" Like she's like so like hyped about it when she.
1: <laughs> What's hilarious though is Tanisha was right. Amorosa wasn't making any sense. <laughs>
0: Oh, I thought she kind of was. She, she was saying, I need all of us on the same page because I don't have a
1: vote. So in order to like... Her oranges did not match her words, which is my point, which is why Tanisha was confused. Sure. She would she would split the oranges into two groups, right? Yeah. And then use the wrong group...
0: Oh, in terms of like saying... She had already
1: split one half of the oranges into this one is me and this one's y'all. And then she would use the other four as if she... Because her (laughs) oranges mimicked what she was actually going to do. Right. When her words were lying to the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Which I find hilarious and... Very over. That's actually on brand. That might have been on purpose.
0: I like she was just doing it to confuse them. You think like well,
1: also that she was telegraphing her move.
0: She does do that a lot. Yeah, and I still love her. Like I think as, as a villain, but like yeah, she does telegraph.
1: But she telegraphs because she think in her mind, and I kind of agree with her, right? In her mind, if you're stupid enough to get the wool pulled over your eyes and trust her, then you're stupid enough to get got.
0: Right, and I think and, like, Tanisha and Corinne like say that later at the, um, at the right in the stronghold. Like, it's could...
1: and that's why she gives people a chance to see through her bullshit. Because then, if you catch her, then she respects you. Right, right, right,
0: right. There is sort of, like, she talks a lot about sort of just, like, being in the, like, especially with her, like, her alliance with Fair Play. Because mm-hmm. they keep being, like, we're the ones that, like, started this whole, like, sort of thing. Which is kind of true. Like, they came up around the same time. Yeah. And, like, that was.
1: I, know, I will not take the Tiffany Eraser, though.
0: Yeah, but, yes. But I will. I, I mean, Tiffany's also was a, se- like, VH1 was also in its, like, own separate world, so to speak. Yeah,
1: but none of this would exist without Tiffany Pollard. I, yeah. I agree. Not the, the archetype of a reality show villain would not exist without Tiffany,
0: and the and the reverence for it. I would right. say, at
1: the very least, as well.
0: Like, yeah. Um, so Omarosa decides to take Anfisa and Johnny Fairplay on the like sort of date thing, or whatever mm-hmm. the, that the supervillain of the week uh, gets to do, and they go to this like garden um, park sort of area where they get to have sushi. Um, and talk um, Fairplay uh, says what do you think tapping at the house right now and Enfisa goes Johnny and Corinne are in the hot tub and Fairplay goes and Shake is like digging a bigger hole for himself and then we cut and that's literally exactly what's happening <laughs> those are the moments where I was like did some producer like give them the line like I don't think they needed to I think it was pretty predictable sure we got, they're in the pool and Corinne is rubbing bananas feet just sort of like and she's got like the bananas hat on like the is like signature thing or whatever and fucking uh shake just walks up and goes wow you're such a bachelor girl right now you're like the thirstiest girl like i've ever met in my life like i hope you can like see yourself it's like
1: i I think he just wants to go home i think he's tired and he wants to go home
0: yeah because there's no path for him to like win really corinne's like there's a difference between being thirsty and being flirty and shakes like you're definitely being thirsty i think america will agree and it's it's just, a, like we were saying before, it's just a weak version of this stereotype of, like, a man on this show. Like, but it's also it's the, not that creative. It's not, like.
1: I also just find it weird, like, America will agree. So, there is going to be, like, a public voting type thing? Because normally when you say that sort of thing. Right. It's in relation to, well, America will get to have their vote. And, you know, you won't be vo Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard it referenced on a reality show where there's not going to be some sort of public inner. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's like one of those. Yeah.
1: Well, but I also mean, like usually if there's not a public vote they usually have some sort of fourth wall up so that might be why we never get that sort of thing it's weird this is a weird show (laughs) and i'm not sure what it is i don't know what show it is it's so true (laughs) but that's that's the hallmark of a joel McHale thing yeah like that's just him so it's like i don't know if this is just it being joel or if this is it has no real direction. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Almarosa uh, is telling, Bana- or telling Fairplay and Anfisa that she's considering putting bananas up, which I don't know what the fuck happened with. I mean, I guess the conversation they had later, but like, um, and, uh, Anfisa basically suggests putting strong guys up against shake that way that can win the challenge or whatever. And Almarosa's is like, well, that would only mean that fair play would be able to, would be the one to go up. And fair play is kind of like being trepidatious about like, you know, I mean, I couldn't champion like saying like, yeah, put me up. And I, I, that's where you talked about kind of Omarosa, like laying out her cards too much. I kind of, that's where I'm like, you've kind of like sort of like other than like Anfisa, you've kind of made enemies with nearly everyone. Not, and sometimes not enemies, but like fair play and bananas are definitely going to be side-eyeing you like going forward. I think the closest you have right now is like Anfisa and Bobby
1: ish. Ish. Yeah. Um, I, part of me thinks that she is like, Puts too much on the table and, like, reveals too much of her plans and is, like, enticing people to call her on her bullshit. But part of me feels like all of this, like, stoic badass is a facade and she has no actual opinions of her own. And she's waiting to see what other people want to do. Maybe I because mean because she seems to be very in the wind with her opinions. Well, on she things. she
0: kept saying beforehand, like I'm going to go with the house all the time. Like that was the, that was her thing, like the last couple episodes, which was like it's what the house. Sure, decides. but that's a
1: real strategy, right? Like you don't want to throw yourself out there as a lone vote, right? But even then, like it's not exposed. So who gives a fuck? Sure. Like throw a vote, cause chaos. It's not on your hands. Nobody's going to. Su- suspect Omarosa is the one that's sowing chaos in the background yeah they're gonna think it's Bobby they're gonna think it's shake they're gonna think it's xyz they're not gonna think you
0: yeah that's fair um we also get this like really quick scene of um Corinne and Tanisha holding a funeral for like Tiffany's doll because they had all those like Uh crochet dolls or whatever I was like rude <laughs> like you... bitch ain't dead she's just stuck in the wall well uh, they also are making I, i'm so confused because they're making such an emphasis of like the dolls being like the. it's like think about the dolls like the dolls are important because remember when Jack's got eliminated like bobby like put it outside the house and like was like they made such a scene out of it and now with this one, I'm like, is are the dolls going to come into play? Are we going to figure out what happened with this gingerbread man? What like like what am I supposed to like? T- are the clues?
1: Or, or is it just Joel McHale fucking with us? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah,
0: um, they get back to the house. Amarosa um, is uh, telling uh, Tanisha and Corinne that she if they will be okay of putting bananas up because Tanisha and bananas are also close. But also, it's like because the cast is so small, I'm like. Who else? Like, if I'm Tanisha and Corinne, I'm like, well, you kind of have to put bananas up because, like, who else? Yeah. Like, you don't have a lot of options, to be real. This
1: would be better if it was, like, the Survivor season, like, full, like, 20 people cast. Right. And it's like, Survivor, oops, all villains. Instead of he- <laughs> Heroes versus Villains, it's just oops, all villains. Yeah. That'd be great.
0: Um, but then Omarosa decides to talk to Bananas by the pool about... And she's like, I haven't made my decision yet. Um, and Bananas brings up the deal that they made that week one and how, you know, I, you know, we trusted each other, etc. Um, Bananas is trying to, like... He's trying to backtrack because Omarosa is like, I could tell that you were, like, helping Shake win the challenge. Like, it seemed like there was some, like, alliance. And he's like my big thing was just like taking Bobby out and I the shake was the closest one to me. So I just kept giving him keys or whatever. It's like, you know, I, that's why I'm like, I don't, I just hope Amarosa isn't buying this. Yeah. Cause I just don't think based off of how smart she is, why
1: she would buy it. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, bananas is like this big metaphor of like, you know, you pull the trigger on me. I'm not coming for like those people. None of them want to pull the trigger. They want to plant the gun in your hand and want you be the one holding the gun when the cops show up basically. So like, which I guess, well, my, my thing though is also like, why is, again, why is Amarosa believing that she wants bananas out? She, it's not, she knows it's not the other people that want bananas out. Right. And and but but she's like, and I hate that because like we're wiping out the strong ones while the weak ones float all the way to the end. And she, I will also clarify, she makes this point like throughout the rest of the episode about like floaters and her dislike for floaters. She's like, and, and, you know, the floater, a floater is the worst person thing because they just you know they do, they do nothing and they go all the way to the end. But that's um,
1: also a valid strategy. To stay under the radar.
0: But here's the thing: there's a, I was going to say there's a difference, um, and Big Brother U.S. fans will will uh, appreciate this. She's what she's saying. We're referring to is not a floater. What she's referring to is, is a goat, a, a goat or a coaster. Yeah, they're kind of. They're kind of interchangeable. Coasters do nothing. And then because they do nothing, they're not a threat so that nobody then eliminates them, so they make it to the finals. That's a coaster, and that is kind of annoying. Floater, floaters are a completely different term.
1: Right. Floaters
0: is people who go to different alliances based right. off of who's in power. Right. And that – like you said, there is a strategy to that. Right. But
1: literally, goats, like in Survivor, it's the one that's never going to win. Right. It's the person who has no resume, who has done nothing. Yeah, those people are irritating, but they're also valuable to have at the end because it is someone that no one's going to vote for.
0: And I don't know why more people don't also, like, in the, stri- like, stronger people make the pitch to other people of, like, getting rid of the goats. Because it's like, if, especially like in Survivor for a Brother, where it's eventually going to come down to a, you have to choose either like someone or a goat. Like if you're the, the person that wants to be chosen over the goat, you want the goat out beforehand. Why? That way, because you, you want the, the option of which to, of to be chosen. And on the off chance that you don't win that final challenge to where you need someone to take you to the end. You want, oh, you, oh, okay. it. You know it. what I'm saying? You want the GOAT to be out already. If because, you
1: know you're not going to win the final three challenge, you or need you're to worried make sure that, that the GOAT is out. Or
0: you're worried that you're not or right. whatever.
1: Like, you you don't, need to get rid of the GOAT so that you actually have a chance to make it to the final two. Yeah. Because with Big Brother, that at least means half the pot.
0: Right. That, that, i just surprised that more people don't. Use that as a pitch, right? I've always been really surprised by that. That it's like that's not a strategy that somebody like put, yeah. puts out at, a, at, a, at any given time, and also how it would help with the show because you get keep stronger people
1: in, and like, right
0: from that perspective as well. Um, So they go into the stronghold to do uh the uh nomination ceremony bananas with that fucking obnoxious fur jacket that he had was it the one from the challenge i couldn't remember yeah because like, they gave them like fur uh-huh. jackets it was like some like off-brand like you know
1: which joel was very clear these are faux fur he was like we're villains we're not that big of a villain we're not gonna kill a dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're not Cruella de vil that's <laughs> not who we are here
0: i love Almarosa keeps uh, doing. Every time she is the supervillain selling the whole sitting in the oh, chair, yeah. doing the big turn. And I love she sits down and just like smiles at them at the end. Like, that was good. Like, didn't,
1: didn't she say, you got to sell it? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I also, love, so Joel uh, starts uh, introducing the nomination process. I love he introducing this. Omarosa, who are you going to nominate to yell at you first? <laughs> she picks shake first, obviously. And then Shake, like, doing this, like, off-brand, like, running for president speech, like... Yeah. (laughs) I know why I'm up here. We all know. And we also know I wore this exact same suit every time I've been in this room. The point of that is I came in with one suit, knowing I only had one shot here in the House of Villains.
1: Or you just have one suit? Like, what? Like... (laughs) Like, the fact that you were trying to craft this narrative out of only having one suit, bruh, stop.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and Omarosa and Bobby just cracking up laughing at him. It's so bad. Um, And then, so Amarosa gets to her second nomination. She builds up of, like, this is someone I've wanted out from the very beginning. And she goes... Corinne and like does a full like
1: dramatic head turn like sort of yeah point. <laughs> I, I almost got whiplash from her head turn <laughs> it's so
0: great um but she Corinne's like I'm kind of shocked but she's like you're not my target I think that you can win and basically take yourself down or whatever which is such a bad like it's such a lie <laughs> and even Corinne's not buying it um Tanisha says their confessional this shit has more twists and turns than a wet synthetic weave <laughs> wow <laughs> it's a great fucking line so, and, and she has more lines to come because then, fine, uh, her third nominee, she then nominates Tanisha. Um, Banana says that, like, the she he's, like, it's clearly, like, going after me in the sense that if you can't take a direct shot at the person that you want to get rid of, the next best thing is to take a shot at the person they're working with. I'm, like, but she should just take the shot at you. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, why not? Like, you're there. Like, what, what more opportunities are you going to have to take this
1: shot at you? The problem is is that if she's going to take a shot at people who are going to be good in the in the elimination or the uh redemption challenge whatever that's called I can't remember yeah 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 um she has to take a shot at three people at once sure because you and it has to be late because you can't risk Pissing anyone off pissing so, people off that early so
0: basically hoping that you do it at a time in which you like have no other options to where the people can't be mad at you necessarily kind of but also like i don't know because see that doesn't make sense
1: right but uh, that's the thing also like how do you again going back to it how do you win the game what is the format of this game i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand
0: i would love some clarification i can almost guarantee you they kind of were Thinking about it as they go along, it it really feels like the gag show. of
1: the season is that Jax has been the gingerbread man all along, <laughs> yeah. and he gets to decide who wins. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: Tanisha, as she's up there, goes, "I knew it! I knew it was coming." Amorosa goes, "You should have." Tanisha goes, "I saw you from the beginning." Uh, Amorosa goes, "I've had my eye for you for a long time." Everyone loves Tanisha, floating along, float on floater. Um, Omarosa goes, you don't need more than that rabbit code to come at me. And, and she goes, chinchilla mama, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is Omarosa like an animal rights act? I, I had to search her Wikipedia because I, I feel like I remember that like her being it wasn't, you wouldn't know this. I'm just no. talking to myself at this point, but it was like, I feel like she got into, that's what the fight with Janice Dickinson in the surreal life was about, because it was, about, like, cause it was about like fur and
1: fashion and stuff like that. But it's also kind of weird because animal rights activists usually don't get along with the right-wing political sphere. right? So what was she doing but over again, there? But again, she's not right-wing. No, I, she's not. But she lived over there for a while. Yeah.
0: Uh, any anyone who's watched like old episodes of Surreal Life, tell me if tell me in the comments or reviews or whatever if I'm correct on this because I can't remember exactly, but it feels
1: right. Email a gay at ismby at gmail Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Omarosa goes, "All right, we're done here. I'm bored," and starts walking off. And Tanisha goes, "I'm sure pants is melting, shoes burning, ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha. Tanisha going off in her confessional at the end of the episode goes, Omarosa talking about I'm a floater. I'm the last one to go to sleep and one of the first mother suckers up. They're not going to tell me I haven't been playing this game. Child, I've been interviewing people like I'm Barbara Walters in this bitch. <laughs> she's great. Like, she's so she is as good as Tiffany. I really, she really is. Like, she can come up with shit off the fly. Like, that is just, like, really entertaining. She was
1: fun. just saving your energy because she knew she she didn't need to work when tiffany was there yeah
0: and as soon as tiffany clocked out she's like i'm clocking
1: in (laughs) she's like i guess it's my shift let's go
0: so good um yeah so that was house of villains for the week we will find out next week which uh between shake corinne and uh tanisha are going home i'm hoping it's shake Uh, just because i don't yeah i don't see what more yeah he contributes but that's just me um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and when we come back we're talking the newest episode of married to medicine don't go anywhere Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit
1: grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammacher.
0: While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachloski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America.
1: You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback.
0: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at...
1: Sidekickmediaservices.com Welcome back to A Gay and a Zimby. Let's head on down to the ATL where, you know, you can't really put a price tag on good television, but you can put a price tag on that outfit that sweet tea was going to return on married to medicine oh my god (laughs) Married to
0: medicine for this week like we mentioned it in the intro this show is so fucking good so good and it's it's continued to be so good and i don't know if you saw like the ratings are actually really good this season yeah um i i love that there that bravo is releasing like the seven day like the um like basically through including streaming and all that stuff like factoring into things and it's like I'm glad that it's like. I think it was beating. It was beating either Salt Lake or Potomac. I can't remember. And I was like, "Oh, that's actually impressive in terms yeah. of that." Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think deserve because this is a great fucking season.
1: It's long been under underappreciated as a as a show in and of itself. But yeah. this season is just starting off with a bang.
0: It's so good. Um. We start and also we start this episode talking about starting off with a bang. With I think the funniest thing that I have seen this week on on TV, which was they see and it's the like quick scenes that we get uh-huh. sometimes on these shows. But like heavenly Heavenly doing yoga and
1: she's downward dogging and the wig just goes poop and slips off. <laughs> Um, we were watching a clip from, uh, Sherry Shepard's show <laughs> about where it. she said, and her wig fell off and she had the prison brains. And I was like, not the prison brains. Really? <laughs> it's you so- can just call them cornrows. That's okay. It's so funny. I, I like, it's just like
0: good, like, like light, fun comedy. Um, we then started the episode by going to, uh, uh, Phaedra's house, which Phaedra's new house too was like so-
1: Stunning, huge, like fifty steps up from that little place she used to have with Apollo.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nothing like what what she used to have. Um, but Quad arrives, so this is our first time seeing Quad sort of like interacting with people within within the cast again. Um, so that was interesting to see Phaedra uh, basically is like, Yo, I've seen you in like South Africa a lot. I heard you had like met some guy, and she's like, You're on a bigger and better thing than Quad. Go Quad goes, aren't I? It's like, okay, Greg, talking about Gregory. Uh, The producer uh, asked Quad in the confessional, what's his name? And Quad goes, "Gentleman,
1: gentleman, friend. (laughs) I will point out that there was reportedly a few weeks in between the first episode and this one. Yeah,
0: they like stopped filming for
1: a period to like. Apparently to get Quad back on board because, you know, they brought her ex-husband back that had a nasty divorce with her. Back onto the show, without consulting her, without sending her a card, didn't do nothing. (laughs) No, no carrier pigeon. Didn't send a goddamn text message. Like, it's kind of rude. Yeah, Um, no, I agree. So, like, I understand why she was upset, but, man... Several weeks of negotiation to get her back on board. Yeah, and well, Quad
0: saying it to Phaedra of like, you know, I basically just have needed distance from the group, you know, since the reunion. And she says in New York, I think, but like, yeah. I love that that's the shorthand now. It's like we can't yeah. say the reunion, um and I forgot like all the stuff about like Quad, the rumors about like Quad sleeping with her contractor and like all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun time. um And then so Quad's like, do you have anything to drink? And Phaedra's like, Benji. And we see her butler. Who? What extra did she get? Like off the street? Like this isn't a. This, this is like some high school
1: kid. That, is this like, somebody that's over there uh, doing stuff with uh, bedroom candy or something? Maybe because <laughs> it felt like no. Because never buy that's candy. Um, it just she it, wouldn't be related, yeah, anyway
0: yeah, it just felt like a cousin of somebody that you like put in like a, a black t-shirt and and black It pants felt in. very
1: much like when when the reason I said that is because it felt very much like when Candy had somebody from Candy and the gang come over and deliver that invitation. oh god yeah that that's what that <laughs> felt like.
0: It's like you who,
1: like, who is this? What other show were they on?
0: You can't at least get, like you can find this like Renna butler, but we can't see your actual like boyfriend that you have mm-hmm. in the show. Um, Phaedra mentions to Quad how they've been talking. A lot of the women have been talking about Greg and Sweet T's engagement. Um, Phaedra says that Guad and or Phaedra tells Quad that Sweet Tea and Toya are really close, and Quad goes, Oh, well, that doesn't shock me one bit. I can't even begin to tell you why Toya hates me so much. And then they just show the compilation of everything accusing her of staging Anila's break in, um, claiming that she's sleeping around, not uh,
1: even staging a break in, actually being the one that orchestrated a literal break in. Yeah, <laughs> not staging or faking, actually committing a theft. Yeah.
0: And she's like, I just don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Quad is like, with Toya, like, she's off the table. There's no reason to even try with her. And Phaedra goes, Well, she's putting stuff on the table, child. And then she brings up that Toya brought up her DUI, um, at, at Sweet Tea's party. Quad is claiming that basically, so she got like, I, I was sort of confused. Here's the thing I've never gotten a DUI, so I don't know. Like, I'm not versed.
1: Because you know we are uh, 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 responsible drivers.
0: Yeah, um, she was apparent She says she was cited, and then she declined a field test. Right, and then she was like, "I talked to my attorney, and they basically like threw everything out or something." Which like, can you just decline a field test and not face?
1: Well, if you decline a field test, it's automatic DUI because they. Oh. That's why. So she refused to have it on record that she was intoxicated. And so, because of that, they just assume you're intoxicated, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that makes it
1: better. <laughs> it it because at that point you can say you have no proof that I was intoxicated. It gives you a legal argument, but most people don't have the resources like Quad does. To challenge that with a lawyer, sure,
0: that's fair. Quad, quad saying it's classic Toya. She has a personal vendetta when it comes to me. It's like you guys have a personal vendetta with each other.
1: But also, it was in the papers. Sure, sure. it was in the blogs. Like she didn't. She's not just searching your name on the records websites. You know, yeah, all the time. Like, that's not what's happening.
0: Quad brings up uh, Heavenly at one point, and Phaedra's like, yeah, she basically, like, kind of feels like you've deserted her a little bit. And she's like, I mean, have you called and checked on me, Heavenly, (laughs) to see how I'm doing? It's like, I love the, like, you should have checked on me first sort of, like, dynamic that keeps happening. Like, with these conversations of, like, you know, like, it's like, just be the person that says you're upset and calls. Like, Like, don't be then mad that people don't respond when you're, or don't aren't proactive in, like, you know, talking to you. That's just my thing. Like,
1: yes, people should check on people when they know that they're upset and going through something, but also if you're upset and going through something and you need support, fucking tell the people that you need support from.
0: Right, exactly. And Phaedra goes, Phaedra in her confessional was funny. She goes, I do understand why Quad's upset. But phones do dial out and receive incoming calls. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my point. Uh, and then Quad says that Heavenly, like, sent her a photo. She says she sent me this photo, but it was, like, an Instagram post. So I was confused, like, she did she send her the Instagram post for some reason? Which, like, that does sound like Heavenly, actually, to when, yeah. I, when I'm rationalizing it. And it was a photo of her with Sweet Tea being, like, having brunch with a new friend or whatever. And it's, like... Actually, no, now that I'm, like, that sounds like Heavenly completely. <laughs> sounds like exactly something Heavenly would do. Yep. Um, speaking of Sweet Tea, we cut over to her new house slash Quad's old house uh, as she's cooking dinner uh, for Dr. G. Um, they're starting to discuss, like, the wedding and stuff like that at the table, and, and Dr. G is like, you know, all the hard work I've been doing with this wedding, and she goes, what have you been doing? You're just, like, paying for it. It's <laughs> like, which.
1: I mean are you working extra in order to pay for it? If not, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but also like here's the thing. I understand
0: that like she it's it's a lot when you're the only one paying for it seemingly cuz he said like 90% of it or whatever that he's he's the one paying sure, for. Sure, it. but
1: it's also a lot when you're the only one planning it and as someone who has planned a wedding on their own, not completely on their own, but I understand like it's not your forte. Well, so I planned our wedding pretty much on our own and it was a small wedding. I can't imagine doing that level of a wedding on my own. Yeah. Absolutely not.
0: Well, and also he, he says in the confessional, he's and he's clearly like, doesn't understand what she's saying. Cause she's right. He's like, you know, you send me kela palettes and like, you know, blush, like how, blush, like how am I supposed to know about blush? And she's literally like, but like, can you at least like put together your guest list? Like, that's something like like I can't do that for you. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's just mind blowing that this behavior is exactly what blew up on his side. Is what blew up him and Claude's marriage. Yeah,
0: and we know Sweet Tea knows this
1: clearly. And it's like,
0: girl, <laughs> it's the same shit. Yeah, Sweetie tells her uh, tells him that she's overwhelmed, and G's just like this wedding was not supposed to be stressful. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not supposed to be hearing shit about the wedding. <laughs> it's
1: like really, you're just supposed to wake up one day and go, "Hey, babe, you're not going to work today. Instead, we're getting married." Yeah, is that what is that what that's supposed to be?
0: Yeah, and I will say though, Sweetie is not perfect on this because we will get to a scene later where I was like, "Wait, what?" Like <laughs> in terms of like planning of this stuff, Sweetie goes. Well, you can hear this. You need to be more active. And Greg goes, "I don't know why I should be, <laughs> cause yo ass getting married too, motherfucker." What? Yeah, Greg's gonna be Greg. I tell you. Um, but then Sweetie's like, "I'm gonna turn into a bride-zi- bridezilla, seriously, and you're gonna de- see a different side of me." It's like I love when I love when people say that in a relationship. It's like,
1: well, what what gets me is when people are wanting to be a bridezilla when they're Clearly, like, taking full advantage, not in the manipulative and abusive way, but, like, fully taking advantage of all of the benefits of being with this person. Correct. And you bring very little in the way of resources to this marriage. You have a lot to lose, ma'am. Yeah. If he decides your bride's little ways are not for him.
0: Well, apparently... Well, we'll get to it with the conversation with Phaja later. Apparently not, because... You know, I, for, I believe it was confirmed, I don't know where, that they did not sign a prenup.
1: Why? <laughs> it's so bad. It's... This woman came in your DMs and said, I will be your baby mama, put one in me, and you said, I'm going to put a ring on it. Like and you have and the, give you half of my shit because that's what g- getting into this arrangement with no prenup is. And it's
0: like you already did this once before, Greg. Like you already did this once before, and now you have the added element of wanting a baby with this person, which is an added like. Financial lever in terms of this stuff, and you're like, yeah, no prenup.
1: She's gonna be with you long enough to pop out two, three kids, and then she's gonna take your ass to the cleaners. She she watched that. I I always cited that Wendy Williams segment.
0: <laughs> Do I want one lump sum or eighteen years of payments?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she also clearly watched the the reunion, for, where Simone's like. They are coming for you. They know who you are. You are on television.
0: (laughs) So good. Um, We go to uh, Dr. Jackie at her office, um, and she's talking with uh, Dr. Bullard before her next appointment. And so we find out that she's hired Dr. Bullard to help her on with her practice. And I really was happy to hear that, like, Jackie's, like, sort of finding that work-life balance that we— Like, it's it's, like seasons on seasons that's been, like, Jackie's story— Of like, and she's like, you know, I make it the point now that I see my last patient at two o'clock. Yeah, and I get my weekends off.
1: Well, and as a black woman, she has so much pressure, right, to be that much better to get equal recognition. Yeah, and she's had to fight that for so long and had to overperform and do that for so long that she doesn't know anything else. You know? Right. And so it takes a lot to deprogram that. Like, no, I'm okay. I don't need to overextend myself in order to keep the lights on we're good
0: yeah and especially like when that practice is so thriving right now that she right. has like she she has every ability to just
1: like, every baby popping out in uh in atlanta is going through her hands
0: yeah exactly and speaking of that so then should we go th- i also love when we see like the random celebrity appointments that like jackie right. gets so she's uh uh basically uh helping the brats with her baby um which i didn't know so like and one, I didn't know she was pregnant, um, with with her uh, wife Jenny. Um, two, she's uh, cause I, she's forty eight, I guess, at the time of this, which is a pretty late, like yeah. sort of like pre- pregnancy, and she obviously went through like IVF and stuff like right. that to get there. Um, it gave Jackie an opportunity to sort of talk about some of the stuff she talks about, like the high like uh, maternal mortality among Black women, right? And, like you know, uh, preeclampsia, and like, um, just... You going to get a cheeseburger? (laughs) She's like, so what did you eat last? And and the brat's like being quiet and her wife, Jenny, goes, she had Wendy's on the way here, and she's like, you snitch every time.
1: (laughs) She said, it was a single, though. I usually get a double or a triple. And I had lettuce and tomato on it. (laughs) All sorts of vegetables. (laughs) That's me rationalizing, though. That's I also really loved
0: when like because she, she has to get like a urine sample at one point. She's like and the brat's yelling from the bathroom, how much do I need? She's like, fill the whole thing up. She's like, I don't have enough. She goes, Gimme half. <laughs> Jackie's like, just get <laughs> I love it when Jackie doesn't play with her <laughs> with her patients. Um Yeah, I love those scenes. Um speaking of another scene I really love. So then we go to Toya. Uh, Toya's house by the way so we find out that Toya is doing a Toya has a wine club that she where she has like these select wines that she picks and you can get like a box or whatever which I kind of want to sign up for like I kinda. when when she was laying it, I was like oh I if we had like the spare money for that I would definitely be like-
1: and if you like to support us going to her wine club you can go and buy uh, Gay and MB merch at Ga give us
0: wine <laughs> the Ga is MB wine fund um, and also I love to she these are the and she has this like wine um like open it's like a wine opener thing but it has like the little spout where you can like sort of Mm -hmm. it's basically like a beer tap or whatever but with wine
1: well yeah it it makes it so that basically you don't have to worry about re-corking it yeah it's just it's always corked unless you're pushing the button to dispense the wine it's like i want that the the yeah. That's
0: nice. Um, she's uh, FaceTiming Sweet Tea because she's going to have like an event to, where so, to sort of introduce the wine club to everyone and stuff like that. Um, and Eugene comes down and, uh, and sits with her at one point. Toya then tells Eugene, so um, when are we going to have this uh, sex conversation with the boys? Because they're a little horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I... Oh God! And but I will say I thought this was a we. I think we said it last week on on the premiere episode. Like I love Tori and Eugene's marriage, and I. Think, oh yeah, and and also just their family dynamic. And this scene was like a great example of it. It was one of the best, like sort of like wholesome. Maybe is not the right word, but like it it was it was a it was a fun family scene. Yeah, and their family scenes are always like never forced and just like sort of like really fun and natural um she talks about how she tells eugene like yeah because like i was in the car with the boys and like one of them was like dad was looking at playboy on the uh, on the smart tv (laughs) and he's like i was watching the documentary
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then the the boys come in later to do this talk and he goes which one of y'all (laughs) snitched it's so fun
0: um but i also thought this was a good like I thought this was a good um, example of how to do this talk because, I mean, that's, yeah. that's like, the big thing. Like, how do you have the sex talk with your children and stuff? like And they're, like – I think their kids are, like, 11 and 13, I want to say.
1: Somewhere in that, like, preteeny teeny age.
0: Yeah. Um, and I thought this was a good way of, like, being informational while also – being um, not age
1: appropriate,
0: age appropriate, and also not like harping too much on right. it. Like they made it fun. I was I was dying laughing. Like when they were like, I I felt like a child laughing.
1: <laughs> sure, but like some of the laughter was like at the kids' reactions to things like gonorrhea yeah. and chlamydia.
0: <laughs> Toya going, there are things that you can catch. We call them. Cr- we can talk about crabs, little bugs on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, <laughs> but also I I think also be like Eugene being a doctor helps because like when you're a doctor you kind of don't have that stigma yeah of like oh god how do I like say like what to right. like,
1: you know whatever I and also like the the Toya and the kids miming the orgasm with like a <laughs> firework explosion. explosion type thing Eugene's like
0: it's not that big okay <laughs> <laughs> and I also like that they laid out like how like you know me and, they're like, you know, your mom and your dad were raised very differently in terms of like having that talk. Eugene basically says like, I didn't get a sex talk. My dad gave me condoms and said, if you get a go pregnant, I'll kill you. And that. Well, but, that's fun. Yeah, but it's like also like, and it's to talk about like, you know, pregnancy and like sexually transmitted diseases and all that stuff. I don't think they talked about it in a scary right. way because that, that you know I think it's not a and I love the way Toya put it. Of like you're gonna have I think. She said, like, you're going to have feelings, and that's okay to have those feelings. It's normal to have those feelings. Right. We're just uh, trying to t- teach you how to handle those feelings responsibly. Right. And I also thought it was – I saw some dialogue about, like, I would be interested to also see, like, eventually – maybe 1311 maybe is a little young of an age maybe to do this because – You're kind of giving, like, the preemptive, like, sex talk. But, like, eventually, like, you know, how you then have the discussion about, like, consent.
1: Right. Well, and a lot of people these days are talking around consent in a very different way. In that they raise their kids with age-appropriate consent conversations that are ongoing. Right. So, like, even as a – even when your child is a baby – like you know that child can't consent to you changing their diaper but like yeah obviously that doesn't make sense but still ha- talking through that with your child i've like, seen those
0: like tiktoks and stuff like, like that where it's like the like the i forgot there's a there's a word for it the type of parenting
1: like it's uh, it's gentle parenting gentle parenting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but it's like just Talking to your – if your kid don't want to give you a hug, don't touch them. Right. I, like that sort of thing. Like if you instill the very essence of what consent is, which is that your body belongs to you and no one else. Yeah. Then talking to them around consent when it comes to sex is going to be so much easier because they already understand that no one else's body is mine. That's such a good point.
0: Like it like it doesn't it, – because we talk – I think we – we think about it in the sense of like teaching boys this in terms of right. women and like how but i also i think I think there's obviously like societal aspects that we put on men that are right. a factor, but like you said like when we just lay it out from that simple spot if you if if like like you said knowing knowing your idea of consent even as a man allows you to have a better idea of consent for everyone right i th- yeah i th- i think that's the i hope that's how we're progressing as i society. hope. So. Um, and I, and, and uh, Eugene basically tells him like, you know, let's just continue this and be open with each other so you guys can make good decisions. And I, I, you really do get the sense that like, there's a respect and, oh, yeah. and, and, and like, not just sort of in the general sense of just like, like, like you could tell Eugene and Toya really respect, respect their children's feelings and emotions yeah. and like value them as just like human beings. And that's not. That doesn't always exist.
1: Yeah. A lot of kids are seen as property or seen as something that is there to help you with chores around the house. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a conversation currently around kids being, like, a pretty, like, marginalized community when we really think about it. Yeah. Like... Their opinions are completely dismissed. Their thoughts and feelings on things are completely dismissed. Their experiences are dismissed. They are not diagnosed um, with things that are going on because people aren't listening to their to what they're thinking and feeling. Um, like, all sorts of horrible things happen to kids because they don't have control of their own lives. Um, and, you know, like, reframing childhood as a marginalized status really can help you understand that we have to give kids as much choice as they can have from a safety standpoint. Right. Right. Like you can't give them full choice. Don't let them drive the car at five years old. Yeah. But like they need to have as much freedom as they can have within limits of safety.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, we see sweet tea then going, uh, wedding dress shopping with Toya and Phaedra and her friend, uh, Jesse. And this was the part where I was mentioning before. I was like, you're less than a month out and you don't have your wedding dress girl, not even like picked. It's one thing to not have it like fitted completely yet, but like at one point when she picks it at the end, the, the, the woman at the shop helping her is
1: just like, so when's the wedding? She's like, end of the month. She's like. Oh, okay. Um um like at, at that point I need you to go to Ross Dress for Less. Yeah. <laughs> and pick you out a white dress and take that shit over to the little tailor shop down the corner mm-hmm. and get that shit fitted. That's what we're going with at a less than a month out. We're not getting a gown that has to be completely fitted to your every curve. Right ma'am
0: um so they she starts going through dresses um th- th- this gets to the part where it's like they were Phaedra and Toya were kind of like but here, yeah, oh, we'll we'll get to our thoughts on it like uh she comes out with one she's like I don't Phaedra's like I don't know it's like cream I don't know if that works and Toya's like you ain't no virgin anyways and they like joke about it and then there's one Phaedra already made the comment last episode about uh Sweet Tea having kind of a flat um behind mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like your butt challenge <laughs> You want to get buttermilk biscuit, not a
1: pancake. But also, like, why are you going dress shopping and you don't have all your bits and baubles, like, on? Sure. You don't go—this is a tip for any, like, person that wears any sort of shapewear or anything like that. Wear your shit when you're going to pick clothes. Not just a wedding dress, but if you're if you going out to shop for clothing and you know— That you normally wear a push-up bra and you're not wearing one today or you normally wear Spanx under this sort of thing and you know you're looking for that. Wear that shit when you're shopping for it because you need to know what it's going to look like when your titties are up underneath your jaw and your waist is snatched to high heaven. Like you need to know what that is going to be like because if you don't like shop with that in mind, it's not going to look right when you take it home.
0: Yeah. That's true, um, and then Sweetie and her confessional is like, well, in Atlanta where everyone's you know nipped, tucked, and sucked. I'm not fresh off the table like you guys are. I was like, okay, like shade, like shade. Yeah, G- give the
1: shade. And but it was re- it was deserved because shade was shot at her first, right? But I thought that was like fun shade. I didn't think there was anything wrong with Here's that. The
0: thing. I also thought that Fa- I thought Phaedra and Toya's was also fun shade. And, well, and right, and Toya because Toya thing is like, yeah, I mean, she's gonna have like a girdle on. You're gonna have to like snatch that waist. And I and Toya on watch happens like like was, like, I didn't mean to say, like,
1: girdle. Like,
0: I meant, like, you know, like, corset, like, you know.
1: Like, bitch, ain't nobody wearing a wedding dress without something being snatched. Yeah. Like, what are you doing?
0: But we'll get to it later at the wine party, but it was, like, there is sort of this sense that, like, like, Sweet Tea's coming on this show, and this is a shady fucking show. Right. Like, you like putting aside, like, you have to put aside for a second the fact that this is a friend group, generally, and how people would operate. Like, if you're going to be with Toya and Heavenly and Phaedra, and even, like, Jackie and Simone, to an extent, Their're no they are their their love language is shade right right it's never well not will not never <laughs> but some but most of the time it's really just a fun banter, right, and I think like you know you can't be too sensitive right, Because like, I get that you're it's like you're in a new friend group with new people, but also you know you're also on a reality show, right, and you know you know what show this is
1: right, you can't come in here and be. Too sweet tea with it.
0: Yeah, um, when she's getting fitted again, Toya asked uh, her friend Jesse that's there. You know, how did you and and sweet tea meet? And Jesse goes, "We actually met online in a group uh, for black women that date older men." And then Phaedra just goes, "You what they call sugar babies?"
1: <laughs> it's like Phaedra. There's a difference. Sugar babies are not getting married.
0: That's true. They're just getting some presents.
1: Uh huh.
0: <laughs> and and returning presence uh-huh um and but sweetie's he's like look it was like it's like an age gap support group on facebook but it's also like I mean, I mean i guess but also when did she again when did she get with greg
1: it wasn't like a it was like less than a year ago at this point right it was they had been together six months by the time they got married and right. they had been and they have now been married for six months yeah so it's like... So last year, right before the holidays, is when they got together. But
0: you're close. And my, the reason I bring it up is that this is a friend that you're bringing dress shop, wedding dress shopping. So you're pretty close, I would say. Right. And, like, so my it makes it feel as though, like, she was on that for a while. Right. Even before Greg. Also... Which means she
1: has a type. <laughs> also, where is your sister? That's true. Why is your twin sister... Not with you wedding dress shopping. Yeah. Girl, what is happening? <laughs> um,
0: and then she says, in her, Sweet Tea says in a confessional, you know, a lot of women are going to judge you. People have pulled me to the side of the bar and said, like, are you okay? It could be, like, quite embarrassing. It's like, yes, but, and, and oh, and then you were, I, you were, I think it was you that said it, that, like, she's my age?
1: Yeah. She's, was, she's literally a year older than you.
0: I was like. Okay. Like I know there was like I thought she was at least like at the very least like late 30s. No. She's like 31 or 32. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um uh-huh. I don't know what to think about that. Mhm. <laughs> um so we go uh then to toy i got, i just gotta move on because i'm gonna be mean <laughs> toya is getting ready for her event and she's getting dressed um and eugene's helping her eugene tells her something about like like you because know, toy is like you know worried about the event she's like he's like don't get frazzled when people try to like keep you in a box and is basically like you know you know these ladies are gonna like throw shade at you etc it's and i i part of me was like eugene you know toy is just as shady
1: yeah. <laughs> like, you married a shady bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, but I think that Toya also internalizes a lot of that shit. Like, with right. some of the other ladies, it just rolls off of them, but it doesn't roll off of Toya. And I think that's more what he was talking about. And she
0: has had this narrative of having to, like, prove herself, like, over mm-hmm. the years. And, that, like, it's part of the reason why she keeps moving houses and, like... Well,
1: and part of this show is also the dynamic between the 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 doctors and the mrs mds right and like toya is the only mrs md that is still on the cast long term everybody else is gone well quad left between seasons and came back the next season who knows (laughs) um but you know what i mean like she is held to a much lower standard and people are like well This is a cute little project that, you know, a little housewife has. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, belittling what she's trying to do. I get it. I get why she's self-conscious. Yeah.
0: Um, They go to the wine club event and everyone starts arriving. Toya is giving, like, a little speech to sort of, like, introduce everything about the event. Oh, I was also going to mention, I hated Phaeja's look at this party. (laughs) she's been really going for this black bob a lot, like this like shortcut like black bob which what I, was this
1: look the, oh, it was the look with like the diamond harness thing it looked like like body
0: armor like it looked like yeah. like it it was just like it, it didn't look like it was fitted right and it was there, not good and it, and it was like two pieces with like a long uh-huh. skirt i I was not a big fan it not great um. Toya is telling them about the wine club, and she, like, she trails off at one point during this uh, talk, and she's like, "I, might, I find myself drifting off." And Heavenly goes, "You've been drinking," <laughs> and then Sweet T goes, "I mean, you were drifting off yesterday, you and Phaedra." Phaedra's like, "I thought it went great for wedding dress shopping." And Sweet T's like, "Y'all was mean," and this is where I was like, "Okay, you gotta like toughen up a little bit." They weren't that mean,
1: but I also feel like if you feel like it's getting thrown at you, you gotta buck up and like throw it
0: back. Right throw it back like have the like like I much rather you throw it back than just like sort of be like well you guys were mean to me and like.
1: But I'd still rather her say y'all were mean to me than just sit on it and be angry all season for no good goddamn reason. Sure. At least this way, there's still drama. But also, so then Toya and Faye are like, well,
0: we didn't... I'm sorry, that wasn't, like, our intentions. Like, we just have, like... They, they were basically, like, we just have, like, fun banter. We're just
1: shady cuts. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then as they're apologizing, Heavenly just goes, someone said you were in therapy for dating older man or something like that. <laughs> and then just sips her drink. <laughs> and, oh, I, I have it in my notes as well. You noted, you had an eagle eye. Because as she says this, they're all like...
1: What the fuck? And they cut to like Toya's shot, and there's a man at the bar like, who, like, like, is just picking his shirt up, flashing the. It's like just turning around with his bare chest to the camera. Yeah. It's like, who is this man at the bar? What's going
0: on here? Sweetie goes, who said that? And Fager goes, I didn't say shit. And Heavenly goes, I didn't say you said it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Um, uh, heavenly is just like prodding more about this though. Like she's just sort of been like, so it's like therapy. Like you listen to music. Like what, like, is it like, <laughs> and then Sweetie, this was good shade. Sweetie goes, you want to join? <laughs> and heavenly goes, well, my husband's uh six months older. I might not qualify.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that, that's a rough six months.
0: Yeah. But I mean, she does call her daddy, call him daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um sweet uh, sweet, T, uh, sweet T in her confessional is like, you know these ladies are way out of touch. They're damn near my grandmama's age. I'm a millennial. We communicate on social media. It's like the social media part's not the problem. <laughs> the, the social, like whether you went to a like in-person therapy or not, it's like it's the fact that it's a group for uh, to use a phrase, term sugar babies. But you know, like like that. Bracket of
1: women who, like, older men. Which is great. I'm glad that you have community. That is important. You have a similar struggle in life. I get it. Right. But, like, people are going to shade you for it. You need to know people are going to shade you She's just kind of walking into it. Yeah. It's like, what show did you think you were signing up for?
0: Yeah. And then Sweet Team mentioned how, like, you guys all brought up, like, Quad at the party. And it was, like, really uncomfortable. Jackie apologizes. And, like, sort of, like, we didn't mean to, you know all that. But you can tell like Sweetie's like getting uncomfortable and just upset. And Simone picks up on it and like pulls her to the side to like, you know, go to the bathroom to talk or whatever. Uh she's just like, I don't have time to like take care of me. Like I have I don't have the support at home. And Simone's talking with her in the bathroom. And I love this Simone has this like really just like soft, gentle way of talking to people. It's like, it's going to be okay. You're going to you're going to rise up and you're going <laughs> <laughs> Unless
1: she's calling somebody out.
0: Like, Simone should just make a tape of just, like, positive affirmations. She really should.
1: But then also she needs to have a tough love tape that is literally just her going, They know who you are! (laughs) They are coming for you! Because that's also motivational.
0: Yeah. Sweet, Sweet T tells her, I mean, I had a vision and thought Gregory would be more involved. And Simone goes if you wanted someone very involved in wedding planning, you should have married a woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly. And I
0: feel like Simone wanted to be like, um, uh, I know Gregory. <laughs> like, that was never going to happen. <laughs> uh-uh. Um, Heavenly, when, when they're still in the bathroom, Heavenly's asking Phaedra how Quad's doing. Um, and Jackie talks about like, look, if, I'm di- if I've divorced my husband, you cannot be his friend. And because think, she thinks, like, that's kind of why Quad is, like, sort of distancing herself. And she's like, we haven't heard from her, so I don't know how to operate. Like, is it because I'm, certain, you know, bringing sweet tea into the circle and that's why she's cutting me off and whatever? But, um, again, it's it's very, like, not fourth wall breaking or, like, put that fourth wall completely up because we know why. Um, and then Phaedra in her confessional goes, all I've heard is he said, she said. I'm not Nancy Drew, so if we're all going to get along, we have to get in a room and hash it out. And then when we see the trailer for next week, I'm like, not like that, Phaedra.
1: Not at this event. (laughs) It's
0: so bad. Um, Toya does like a little competition with the, has, has her wine versus like a boxed wine or whatever to determine who's like the boxed wine bitch of the group and Simone wins, which because she lost. Well, cause boxed wine. We, I feel like we've talked about this on the show that boxed wine is fantastic because
1: it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. If I'm picking wine, it is literally the Franzia chillable red boxed wine. Yeah. He's like,
0: I like whiskey, vodka, the Sauvignons. Like, I don't know what that is. And then he just, and then Simone just like starts cracking up laughing. So then, Sweet Tea is basically just like, look, I'm heading out, y'all. I'm tired. Like, I got a wedding to do. Like, all that. And Heavenly just whispering to Fagea, "Child, she dating not an old man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> look, she got to get on his sleep schedule. Uh, that man goes to sleep at nine p.m." And
0: then, oh, okay, and then so sweetie then gets up to leave, and then turns around, and we just see the fucking full price tag on the side of her dress, and Heavenly and Phaedra just fall out.
1: Done. Absolutely done. I literally, uh, I looked like uh, New York's mama falling out of her chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laughing. Yeah, that meme. I just... I was dead. Jackie and her confessional goes, She's not the wife
0: yet. You gotta wait until you get Big Daddy's money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh and then Heavenly, as they're leaving, tells Toya that like she's really proud of her with her new company, and Toya in her confessional goes, that's a huge compliment coming from a hater like Heavenly. (laughs) (laughs) But that's true though. That is true. Um we then see Phaedra. Uh, going to dinner with Dr. G. Uh Phaedra talked last episode how mm-hmm. they're such like good friends. <laughs> such good friends that I, I she goes to the the hostess stand and then sees G in the corner and goes, I see his little egghead. <laughs> <laughs> um they talk about sort of like, you know, the you know, getting with sweet getting with sweet tea and all that stuff. And Phaedra talks about, I hope you get like a little boy. Dr. G goes, I gotta meet the right partner with the athletic ability. She ran cross country, and Phaedra goes. So she has good legs with her little natural booty. <laughs> She's like, "You ran cross country, and you don't have an ass." Is basically what Phaedra wanted to say. Look,
1: Phaedra just needs to send her her uh, booty boot camp, uh DVD. Yes, <laughs> in, in in the tracks of
0: of Amazon. I'm sure I bet those are still like available to buy. Um, Phaedra asked uh, G if he's afraid at all to get married again, and G goes, "What's there to afraid of?" everything like, like again like y- you had a full marriage with quad and we and have like, you
1: seen this show <laughs> <laughs> no never mind <laughs> G has not seen this show
0: phage tells him the key thing is you have to be raised alike you have to have a very similar mindset she is much younger and then she goes she's marrying papa yeah which it's and I don't know how like Phaedra ends up getting to the conclusion of like I think they're gonna work, but it's it's like you presented every red flag to him possible Phaedra, and he's just not taking it for whatever reason. Like you know, and G goes. I mean, that was the problem for me. Phaedra goes. You felt like a little bit of a predator, and G goes. I mean, I don't know if I was predator or prey. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's accurate.
0: If he can, like, but that's the thing. Like, if he can, like, explicitly even acknowledge, like, I know the way she hooked up with me was kind of weird and suspicious. Like, to me, to, like, actively, like, say that and yeah. not follow up on it. I mean, it's G. Like, he's. Yeah. He, he can't really think that straight in terms of things. Um, And like I mentioned before, like, Phaedra's, like, actively encouraging him to, like, get a prenup. Um, she's like, you telling me you don't trust her? Phaedra goes, I don't trust people in general. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh,
1: you can get, um, fine body by Phaedra and Apollo volume one, donkey booty <laughs> for 75 89 on an episode. Are you fucking <laughs> serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> $75 for this. How DVD. long is that?
0: How, how many hours is that tape?
1: I, I, I don't know. Um, it's like, ma- this is ridiculous. Like I thought frequently bought together is this one and Kenya's booty. Bo- of uh, booty is. boot camp <laughs> to, You can get them both for 87, which means Kenya's is 10 bucks. Well, cause Kenya's not an idiot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can say a lot about Kenya and about Kenya, especially during that time. But like, at least she priced her DVDs correctly. Yeah. I, can, I cannot. That is
1: hilarious. It is one hour. It is a one Bitch. hour DVD for $75. I cannot. That's. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: Phaedra. Do you think Apollo. If if anyone happens to buy that. do You think Apollo still getting the money for that?
1: Oh, absolutely. He is the lead actor. Oh. Phaedra is second place. How is he the lead? Yeah, he is credited first. It is given a three point nine out of five stars with three hundred and forty four reviews.
0: That's not bad. Three. I mean, that's pretty decent, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: Look, it worked for Phaedra. She got that donkey booty.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dr. G's basically like, he tells Phaedra, like, I want a family and I want kids, and that Letitia can provide that for me. And Phaedra basically says, like, I've never seen G happier at the end of the day. So, you know, good for him, I guess. <laughs> she doesn't say yeah. like
1: that. But, like, well, and I, I do, like, other than this little dinner that they had at the beginning of the episode, right. I do feel like they work a lot better in energy than. G and Quad did doesn't mean that Quad was the problem. It's a, they don't match. They just didn't match. That's fine. Both of them are perfectly fine on their own and are perfectly matched with someone else, right? But it wasn't together. Yeah. My question is if there's things on, under the surface that we haven't seen yet, and that I what. feel like there is. But also, it's only been six months. How do you already got problems? I know.
0: I know. It's, I mean it's almost like you should have tested it out a little You're bit more. still
1: in the honeymoon phase And you're about to go on your honeymoon phase Ugh. Like you hadn't even got out of the dating honeymoon phase yet What are you doing?
0: Yeah uh, God But that was Married to Medicine for the week Really great episode it, Like we mentioned If you're not me- watching Married to Medicine Do it Because it's so fucking good um, We're going to take a quick commercial break And then when we come back We're talking the past week of Big Brother UK Don't go anywhere
1: Welcome back to A Gay and a Let's head on over to London where the house guests get whittled down to the girls, the gays, and no Tom in this final reckoning on Big Brother UK. Big Brother UK for
0: this week. Um, lots of things to say, to put it mildly. It was definitely a, a whirlwind of a week. Um, good results mixed with bad results mixed with... Uh, I got really frustrated like the last two episodes that we've watched. Like yeah. like going into it. We'll talk about sort of why. Um but like it's still satisfying in certain ways at the end of the day. Yeah. Um we'll we'll start to we'll start the week though with like kind of the nuts so Fun thing, because I forgot... With everything that happened post-it, I literally forgot about this at a certain point until I was, like, putting my notes together. I was like, oh, yeah. So, um, we should talk about the first double eviction of the week. Right. And that was Chanel, which... Right. I am just fully... I I am shocked how I fully fucking turned on Chanel this season. Yeah, I I really... I really liked her in the beginning, and she just
1: spiraled towards the end. Well, and I think Jordan talks about it later not in relation to chanel but relation to jenkin and tom is that it's paranoia is what took over for her yeah and i really hope that she's not that kind of person outside the house but who she showed to be inside the house was increasingly bad i just don't i can't
0: fathom the like again we talked about in the previous weeks the sort of like not understanding of trish and Noki to, i mean and that's putting it mildly right as opposed to just like absolutely disregarding like their feelings which is as i would say would also be more apt to say but like the way she was just unrelenting in terms of not giving an inch in terms of that like the whole like secret conversation that was the rule break and stuff like that i the way she still committed to the interview and on being just like I mean, I could have been talking about anybody. Like, I whatever to the way. Well, I would say until her like post interview, where the AJ and Will the host like literally had to be like literally
1: pulled it out of her because she even still then didn't want to give it to him.
0: And then she was giving like the backwards excuse about like, well, I didn't want to say it to Trish then because then it would have been a rule break again, which I don't
1: think it would have been. I th- but I mean, even if it would have been, you were still holding that up in confessional. So that's th- that's the thing. Like, you can't
0: be like. I, you were den- you were denying it – like you said, that you were denying it in the confessionals as well. So don't say that it was just like you were – like like if it was that you were holding it inside intentionally, you would have said that in the confessional. Right. But you weren't. You were maintaining completely that you were completely right in this. And it was at the point where they got to that point where Chanel and Trish had that conversation in like the loft uh thing where I was just like – her just like inability to just sort of like take any accountability and yeah. that – like like just saying it was all in Trish's head essentially and just like not even like the, the idea that and and AJ and Will kept saying it to her in the interview of just like you didn't even offer an apology yeah and and she just like still to that point was just like yeah I didn't like you know it's like
1: I I will say um it was pretty great and I'll oh, spoiler alert uh Trish is the other person eliminated god um, but it was pretty great in the late and live, like, oh. interview where they were shooting over Trish's shoulder and you could see, like, Chanel, Chanel glaring in the background. It's just like, this is great. And Trish is just letting her have it. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about that now. So, and then, sadly, like, like what I would say one of the biggest upsets in a while on, oh, yeah. on Big Brother UK. Trish gets evicted. It's largely because of the whole, like, they... People probably split between Jenkin and Olivia for the yep. second one and then trish yeah. the damn Facebook moms. White racist
1: Facebook moms. My my issue is that when it is a, a vote to evict. Right. Um, and we have a double eviction like this, people then have to orchestrate like strategies and whatnot to keep their favorite person in as opposed to just voting for your favorite person to stay. Right. And I feel like what ends up happening is that you get rid of people that deserve to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't get rid of actual problematic people. Right.
0: Well, and, but also it's like you there's an incentive to vote for people who have done more versus people right. who have done less. That's why we'll get to it later but like that Tom coasted as far as he did. Right. I mean he wasn't ever up for nomination but like other people right. like he had the ability to sort of coast in that regard. This
1: is the difference between a coaster and a floater. Exactly. There this is go. a coaster.
0: And <laughs> and you put my drink on it. It's a coaster. Um, but no, like Trish like Because she had that sort of, like, big character ability. Like, to me, I also think... We'll get to it. I'm really loving this final six. I actually think this is a really solid final six at the end of the day. Yes. But I think, like, Hallie should have been in there. I think Carrie should have been in there. You know, you could even maybe make an argument for Farida. Like, some people could. And, like...
1: Not me, but some people could.
0: But, but like, but like, interesting enough characters, <laughs> right. right? Like, like you know, you know what I'm saying. And it's like, in in a way, those people should last longer than Paul and right. Dylan and like these people who did nothing in the house. Yeah, and like that, I think, like you said, if you switch it to vote to save instead right. of vote to evict, you alleviate some of that. And and you know, I'll say like the fact that like Nikki Graham, one of the most iconic. Um, house guest on Big Brother UK ever like went home like halfway through at one point because it was a week it was a week where literally everyone had been up for eviction because someone had violated uh, one of the rules so they put everyone up for oh, eviction geez. but because she was so, like people loved her for her tantrums and she was insane but also naturally because she had a lot of tantrums people also didn't like her so w- much the similar thing happened where they split the votes amongst like however many people right? and so because like it just isn't a good way to go about it Yeah, you know um, but I also I want to commend Trish. Well, we'll get to some of the stuff like post Trish's um, elimination in a, in, a, in a second, and I'm and I'm putting that to aside because um, it's going to be a longer discussion. But like I also thought she held 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 herself so well in that post eviction. I mean, and it was such a and it, re- it was literally so jarring because not only were they cheering her. Prior to it, they were literally chanting "Trish for the win" in the right. crowd, which I don't think it's really ever been done.
1: Yeah,
0: and like the amount, the way she it just went from like excited shock on her face, to, and and excited shock from like her friends as well to then her being evicted. It was just like really crushing in that regard. Yeah, like it was a little like you know you've talked about how you hate the booing because it can kind of play with people. Like this was like yeah. fully playing in terms of. In terms of emotions and stuff like that, um, and I thought, she, like, I thought she really handled herself well in the eviction interview. I love that she didn't back down in terms of her feelings on certain things, like you said, like with Chanel sitting right near her as she was just, and and it was cathartic in the sense that it allowed her the opportunity to just speak, right? Like, like that, like it was taken for granted the fact that she was constantly not being allowed to talk. And sort of, like, just get her point across in certain ways in the house. Like, that, like, like realizing that in the moment that she just finally gets the opportunity to speak her mind in that way, I thought was really cathartic. And, and you know, satisfying to a certain extent.
1: Yeah. Um. So, since we are talking about it, let's talk about the stuff surrounding Trish's social media. Yeah,
0: and I don't want to, here's the thing. I don't want to get too far into it because based on – like like the way that me and Merlin kind of think about this, it's not – I actually don't think it's that deep. I think it's a discussion point, but I don't think right. it's deep. So after, like a couple of days after like her eviction, people were digging around in old tweets of hers and and stuff like that, and there was a lot of sort of like – Really terrible tweets from I think like twenty was it twenty twelve or twenty fourteen? It was like ten years
1: ago. But. Yes, but there have also been more yeah. recent things.
0: Yeah, there was like recent as like twenty
1: nineteen. I think and, there were some that were earlier this year.
0: Yeah, but it was like and 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 a lot of them. There was a lot of like anti Asian like sort of like stereotypical stuff, and there was there a lot, was some
1: homophobic stuff in there. Yeah,
0: kind of. It kind of ran the gamut a little bit. Um, here's what I think, and and you know, I think. In many senses, like, we've, and I think we've even discussed this on the show, the idea that, like, the way that we as a society shit on sort of evolution and how people grow in many
1: ways in terms of. But not even just people, like, people like to completely ignore that we were, as a society, all edgelords ten years ago. Yeah, Every last one of us was making cringy jokes, was making, like borderline offensive uh, even fully offensive jokes as just casual everyday banter right and like y'all like to act like y'all motherfuckers weren't out in these streets with yeah. a full hard r all the time i wasn't that word don't exist in my vocabulary but a lot of y'all motherfuckers right now that like to be on uh social media all right wing pro- or left wing progressive people I've heard the hard arc come out of y'all's mouth and it shouldn't have been. So, some of y'all need to take a couple seats. Yeah. So, I, as a society, we were fucked 10 years ago. We were awful, ho- horrible humans. We're not much better now, but <laughs> we think we are. Yeah. So, like, here's my thing tweets, which are usually within a context of a lot of things say less about someone's character than a 24 hour camera on someone for five weeks.
0: Right. And the idea that we, again, and also you have the live feed. So it's also not just like an edit on a television show. You have the live feeds. Like if she, she would have said problematic shit in the house, if that was still her belief in terms of things, because guess what? <laughs> on these types of shows, that shit comes out. If you believe it, uh-huh. like it, 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 it like We, if you're comfortable enough to be saying certain things, you will, there will be a clip of you saying it.
1: Right. Like, and, and And it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, why are we holding like, yes, there were some things that were earlier this year. Not great. Right. She's apologized. She has come forward and said, Hey, look, I was so invested in who I am now that I had completely divorced myself from who I was before. right? And I think a lot of us do that. A lot of us are so involved in how we've evolved that we forget where we evolved from. Right. And we forget that we were all little goblins on the internet (laughs) not too long ago to the point that, I literally went back through all of my old tweets, and I was like, (laughs) did I say anything that could get me in trouble? I didn't, thank God. But, like, you you then start getting paranoid Mm -hmm. of, like, I know I grew from some fucked up past. I know I'm a better person now, but, like.
0: How much of that is online, right? And also, this also should just be a disclaimer to anyone getting on reality TV, just in general. The idea that we're still or t-
1: starting the podcast
0: or or just be or just being in a prominent enough yeah. position, like scrub your tweets, like yeah. like like just like none nothing was that funny enough where it's like you need to preserve it. It's not a yeah. photo. It's not a family photo in a frame. You can like,
1: right.
0: it's fine that it doesn't exist. Scrub it and f- it and and. Again, as long as you're evolved, right? Right. As long as you don't believe those things anymore, and you know, or or and, and I understand that what you're saying about it's, uh, it's also not even like a belief most of the time. Sometimes it's just saying shit to like right be edgy or like whatever right like like just scrub it. It's just, just scrub it.
1: Like and there are literal services that will do it for you.
0: It's actually very easy. <laughs> so like. I just, that was more my, like, oh, really? Like, you're not going to scrub your tweets. Um,
1: but also, they're supposed to have someone who, like, checks these people out. It's right. literally part of their wellness program that they make sure that they're not putting people in the house that put other people in an emotionally dangerous state. Right. So, why wasn't this not found beforehand? Also, I guarantee you there's some fucked up shit. In Dylan's old tweets and Paul's old tweets, but y'all haven't found those, well, right? Well,
0: we found a. Well, we already found a little bit of both.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's. True. <laughs> but like, but y'all haven't come after them. Y'all haven't canceled them. But that's the other thing. Because and... your motivation for looking through Trish's old tweets was because she was calling out racism in the house. And she true. was calling out misogyny in the house, and she was stepping on y'all's toes.
0: Yeah, and no, it, it, that's definitely what it is. And also, like. Can I also make the point of, like, those tweets from Trish are bad. Also, doesn't change anything that happened in the house. Right. Because what happened in the house is divorced of those tweets. Right. Because they had no knowledge of them. And it doesn't give – also, it doesn't permit people to treat Trish or Nucky the way they treated them.
1: Right. It doesn't. Like – well, what really irritates me is, like, Farida coming out and saying, oh, well, that's why she was treating me like the way that she was in the house. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Farida's gotten all up on this train. Farida, you are such a messy bitch. <laughs> it's just, like, I cannot. It's, it's, uh, it's so frustrating. But it's, like, just stop. Like, yeah. nobody is perfect. If you think you're perfect— you're probably the worst of us. Mm-hmm. So stop it.
0: Me and Merlin had a good, like, divorced of the whole, like, trash element of this, like, had a pretty good, um, uh, joint rant uh at a certain point this past week of, um we won't do it here because it's way too political and it's gonna piss a lot of people off um but, i don't care. I'll, i don't care. um okay robin dixon <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah we'll we'll save that for outside the podcast but like yeah it's that that was just like you know that that's our two cents on it like you know i think it's a, it was a discussion and then we fit and then we can move on. I feel.
1: I I feel like, yes, there should be ramifications. I think it was fine to bar her from future latent lives for the rest of the se- uh, Not season, Is she not going to be there called? for the finale? No. She's not allowed. Rude. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I get it. And Paul's going to be. Mm. Paul shouldn't be either. Well, he is
0: going to be. He's going to take his shirt off and we're going to act like it's normal and cool. I, don't I know.
1: guess. Whatever. Uh... I, I guarantee you Tom's. Facebook and Twitter is just as bad, if not worse, than Trish's was. We'll get to But Tom. they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be fine, right? They won't have anything. Ha- because nobody's going to go look. Yeah. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah.
0: We'll get to Tom. We'll get to him. <laughs> um, before we do that, though, let's let's talk a little bit about the... I was going to say the love triangle. It's kind of not become... A, Maddie's kind of really sort of taking the backseat now. Well, because I feel like now Jordan and Henry have... I think been honest completely at this point for the, <laughs> for the most part to each other. I think Jordan really redeemed himself this week. And I was very worried last week that he was going down a road that was going to really fuck him over. Like, and.
1: Sure, but I don't necessarily trust what Jordan's doing. You still don't think he's like attracted to Henry? I know because he has actively said, no, it's platonic. I, but but he said that a while ago. Not a while ago. But he no, he is it. still actively saying that. When? He said it literally like this last episode or the episode before.
0: I can't. But also, I feel like he, it's one thing when he, we'll get to it later when he was in like the spare room, like that sort of dynamic. I yeah. Think, I think that was like a completely yeah. foreign concept or Correct. whatever. Um. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking that, like, he's finally sort of at least being somewhat honest in terms of, like, maybe he can't put the words to it in terms of a relationship. But he can t- say that he can vocalize how much he cares about Henry. And I do think the care, whether it's whatever, is is at the very least genuine. Sure.
1: I feel like he ramped things up around the same time that he started thinking maybe he could go. You think? So, okay. Okay. Jenkin. <laughs>
0: look, Cause Jenkin, look. Jenkin was literally saying that at one point this week that he thinks that like Jordan's like playing Henry for, the. I game. don't think he's fully playing him for
1: the game, but I think that it has played into it. Mm. Like, I feel like he realized that things weren't going the way that they were going to go with Maddie. And so he shifted gears knowing that he could get what he needed to get out of Henry without any pushback. Yeah,
0: not to jump too far ahead. Um, I will say the counterpoint to that, and then somebody brought this up on Twitter. I don't remember who. I wish I would name them. But they brought up the idea that it. they're pretty definitive that it's not the case because when Jordan was evicted quote-unquote fake evicted and whatever but to all by all intents and purposes he knew that he that he was evicted he still was very affectionate with henry post that like in the immediate before he left the house quote-unquote sure so the question would be then like why would you still do
1: that if you knew you were gone like because you still have like you it's, still have an interview to do? You still have an interview to do? You still have it's not like things don't end here for the housemates like yeah they you know have the possibility of getting endorsement deals and things like that. So like oh, Can you imagine the Jordan endorsement deal? Oh my god. <laughs> what is he going to be selling? I I don't know. <laughs> But you know Henry's going to be selling like caviar and champagne or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lobster Thermidor. <laughs> <laughs> when is the Juno
0: Birch collaboration happening? When is he going to play The Sims?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I'm here for it. But
0: but I I don't know. I I call me a uh, you know. Uh, Uh, a simpleton in the sense but it's like when they were like kissing like this week and finally sort of like
1: being intimate with each other i was really like
0: i i got gushy about. I, i
1: did too but then i just like it occurred to me that like why now why is this happening now why is is he only giving in to henry because maddie has completely shut him down like is it is henry a a consolation prize maybe is henry a means to an end to win the 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 whole thing like i'm I'm,
0: i have a harder time believing that it's a game aspect i i have a more chance of believing the first part of what you said about that he got rejected
1: by maddie and so therefore he's going but he's still keeping henry at arm's length even if that arm is a little bit shorter these days you think so Yeah, because he's still telling him it's platonic. He's still very much saying, you know, like, not, this is not a a real thing. Like, we need to have a discussion of what this is. And it's just like, I need need you to stop. Either shit or get off the pot. That man deserves better than that. Tory as he is.
0: <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm possibly wanting Henry to win this whole season. I really, I really am. I do not want him to win.
1: I, I understand
0: the reasons, like, of why he shouldn't He win. does not need money. That's true.
1: <laughs> that is true. That man is rich. So is Olivia. People don't realize that she is, but she's talked about having, like, a giant house, having people... That come over and clean the house yeah
0: if anyone need if anyone needed it, it's yin run I, I
1: want yin run to win I
0: still want yin run Yin run is still my pick and my favorite, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, so then let's go to the okay, so the final reckoning stuff um that was happening this week, the sort of like big sort of build up to everything um this is where. At this point on, I was getting a little frustrated with the show. Not the show's fault necessarily. Like it wasn't the format of anything. It was more just how things ended up transpiring and happening, and how ha- and, and not to not just from a like I hate this person or like sort of like whatever. It just led to not good TV. And, yeah, and I'll explain why. So they ha- they get this like they they have this like disco party that they're doing or whatever. As like a reward, and then they basically have to stop, and they immediately then have to do face-to-face nominations. Shame. It was it. This was like the bit. Like this was the week of like we are fucking with you. Like yeah. we, we are fucking with you until finale night. Like um, emotional manipulation for sure. Uh,
1: emotional damage.
0: Yeah. Um. So they all finally have to do face-to-face nominations it's a, it's for the most part, t- like they, they've been building up this, like we'll get to it at the end, but like with like Tom and Jenkin with like all the shit talking that they've done Ugh. and like sort of how bold they are about pe- their opinions about who's playing games or whatever.
1: Tom ain't nothing but a lost little lamb. Tom is a bitch.
0: I'm just going to say that he is a full on bitch.
1: <laughs> like it's a bitch. <laughs>
0: um, so like they're all start nominating, et, et cetera. Um, I, I, I really like Jordan's speech because Jenkin nominates Jordan being like, we don't really get along basically whatever. And Jordan basically being like, you feel like I'm a game player. So I guess that this is me playing the game by nominating you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, like, uh, uh, it was, it was really satisfying. Um, Jordan and Jenkin get the most votes, but then it's a tie between, um, uh, Olivia and Tom for the third person, because pe- they say three people have to well, be nominated.
1: There was four that were tied. So it was, yes. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it was Tom, Olivia, Naki, and... Fucking hell. Someone else. Who's the other? Maddie. No, Henry. not Maddie, Henry.
0: It had to have been Henry. Because, um, because then Big Brother said the two with the least amount of votes then have to then decide, which I feel like it was going to be... I feel like they said the person with the least amount of votes, but they realized that that was Yin Run, and Yin Run was never going to make this decision. Love, loved, no, it, loved yeah. Yin Run, but like we would have been here for hours. Well,
1: Maddie didn't get any votes.
0: I think Matt. No, Maddie got a vote from Olivia. He, oh, he got one vote. Did from he, did Yin Run also get a vote? No. no. Oh well, that's okay. what I mean. Like okay, that's yeah, what that, I mean. Like like, like Yin Run had the least amount of votes, but they're like. And Maddie as well, because,
1: like... (laughs) I I feel like it makes sense, though, because, like, the other three people all had two votes. Right.
0: It was a tie between those four. So
1: Yenor and and Maddie decide that they're not going to put Henry or Naki up because neither of them them nominated them. So it's between Olivia and Tom. Yeah. And they decided that Tom's reason for being nominated was more egregious than olivia's and yin run's like falling apart at this point and like please don't make it this one like don't and maddie's like like that's the only thing that makes sense though but
0: maddie also literally says at one point i could get better with olivia (laughs) yeah So, (laughs) which i thought was there were a couple times where i was like i was happy tom was getting digs at him like in certain yeah. ways but so and then tom literally because t- it's so conflicted because yin like maddie's wanting yin run to it with him and she just can't like but tom literally tells maddie just say it just say my name it's fine and then maddie says it and she and then then tom immediately it's switches clearly not fine <laughs> clearly not fine um and it's just like i don't want i mean don't be crying whatever like pissed at yin run and not just pissed but like vocally like just be like you know she doesn't feel sorry for me. Shut the fuck up, you fucking little twerp! I hate him.
1: Like I, I just, I absolutely wanted to pinch his head off like a pimple.
0: I, I, I gotta give you genuine credit because you clocked him week one, and I didn't see it. And like you were completely right about Tom. He's the <laughs> fucking worst. He's absolute
1: trash.
0: Ugh. Um, and then they, so they all, Big Brother has the three nominees all stand up, and they, and basically goes. So, by the way, all three of you were evicted.
1: (laughs) The look on Maddie's face, it's like the sides of his face started melting, but his face was so distraught. He turns into, like, Droopy Dog. (laughs) It was so, like, if it wasn't so sad, like, how heartbroken he was, it would have been comical. Right. It was just, it was marvelous and
0: and i was like and so they all they go out of the house but and they're in the diary room getting ready to leave and then big brother tells them well by the way you're not evicted two of you will eventually be evicted by the public vote but for the time being you are going to be put in big brother's spare room and you're going to get to watch the house etc
1: We wondered if they were going to do this They've done this in
0: many years in the past with Big Brother. Series. I I keep calling
1: it a season. Sure.
0: But, like, it's a a classic Big Brother thing. And I was like, oh, I'm excited it's back. And then slowly it set in on me, like, oh, but it's these three.
1: And it's the shittiest version of any – because they're only getting it at certain times. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, it, like, cuts off at certain points, which I thought was odd. Like – but, like (sighs) – this was a big mistake having them do this because literally every scene in the house that would happen for the next like two days, a scene would happen and then we would just get commentary from them being like, well, they're fake. They're so annoying. God. And it got, it ha- was happening over and over and over and over again to where it was just like, I wanted, I was like, can the episode end? Cause I'm just, it's not like entertaining to see these fucking like, you know, grouches. Like, just, like, shitting yeah. on them. Like, it's... Look, my least favorite parts of the season were Tom and Jenkin in the fucking garden. And this was, like, okay, you, you know those parts of the episodes? Here's a full episode of it.
1: Yeah. And add in Jordan trying to fit in with the two of them. And, and slowly so, realizing they're crazy. Oh, yeah. Because Compl- he goes into the confessional and is like, these two are deranged.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> they were so fucking obsessed. It was like, and, and, and the way that like the way they just turned on Olivia. Oh yeah. Simply because Olivia wasn't bawling. Yeah. For like days because they laughed. Olivia, Jordan tells this to Olivia later when he gets back into the house and Olivia's like, what did they want me to do? Like, yeah. Like they're literally like, Oh, I think Tom even said at one point, they're just, they don't even care that we're gone. They're just so happy. They made the final.
1: Yeah, because they made the final. What really frustrated me about this was this entire game, right? Jenkins has been whining in the yard about people game playing. And, you know, they're here for the wrong reasons. You know, they're just here for the money. You know, all those sorts of things, right? Then he gets into the spare room. Yeah. And he's mad at the people for genuinely just enjoying each other's company. Right, right, right. So then what is the point of being here?
0: Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. That's a good point. Because it wasn't just the fact that Olivia needed to be sad that they were gone. They were upset that Olivia didn't isolate herself from the entire rest of the group. Because right. cause she was the only one left on their side. So you shouldn't be interacting with them. That's the stupidest fucking, like... Yeah. like expectation you would place on people and also again just speaks to the fact that like it's not even about a game you're practically out of this house you may still get put back in at this point when you're in the spare room but you're practically out of this house and you're still mad at these people yeah i just i can i can you know what i mean like i can understand being mad at them because you want to win right and you still so right. get do so your emotions get built up and whatever but you are close to you are foot out the door and, like, you're still acting like this?
1: Yeah. It, you're, like, you may still be in the pressure cooker, but, like, the pressure's been released. The lid is off. You're yeah. just sitting there in simmer mode. Like, you're not in it anymore. Stop it.
0: Right. The, the And Tom was just insufferable. Him being, like, I don't want Yenron packing my stuff. Like, I don't want her touching any of my stuff. It's so, like, nasty. And the, they eventually get a challenge where they... Henry has secret tasks that he has to do, but doesn't realize that it's the people in the spare room giving him the tasks. And it was just – I just – I cringed really badly. They edited it enough to make it seem like not as bad, but I cringe when they were like – So with Olivia, like make fun of her dancing and like with Maddie, like flirt with him, with – um with uh Yin Run, pour water on her and don't and ignore her for the rest of the day and with Noki, take her oat milk that she can only drink because she's vegan and pour it down the
1: fucking sink i was like this is nasty it, it would be like sneak up behind olivia and tickle her Take a shit in Naki's bed. Yeah, it's like, like what? It's <laughs> this the... is not. <laughs> These are not equal things. Yeah. Like I need you to understand. Uh, and uh, I will say the most.
0: The most satisfying thing was again them. Utterly realizing that nobody gave a shit that they were gone. First off, but then also the moment when, like, so before they have the eviction when they're still in the house, Olivia's makes that song up when they're all in the hot tub of the girls and gays and Tom. <laughs> Cause that's who right. is left in the house basically. Um, and then as soon as she, as they leave, they're in the bathroom talking about the eviction. And then Olivia just starts going the girls and gays, no Tom. <laughs> and, and it, like Tom, just going, oh, okay. like he was so pissed and it was so funny. That was the highlight. Um, Tom literally when I also love Tom literally turning to Jenkin at one point going like are we bitchy like are we like me are, it was very much are <laughs> am we I the v- villain <laughs>
1: <laughs> am I the am I the drama
0: <laughs> yeah because he was like at one point like they were just having a discussion like Olivia was talking and then Noki like talks to make a point and, and they're being like Nucky's no, like interrupting Olivia and like she's not even speaking up like you know
1: and and then she's like I hate how Nucky is like centering it on herself when literally everyone else was also just talking about their own experience around a topic. Yeah. Like Olivia was saying, "Well, yeah, this is my experience." And Nucky goes, "Oh, well that's interesting. Well, this is my experience." And then You know, Henry goes, "Oh well, that was this is my experience on this topic," and they were just like, "I can't believe that Naki is centering herself and like making it all about her. She's so conceited and narcissistic. It's like, fuck off." Yeah, it's yeah,
0: and then also, so two two last things from the spare room stuff. One. We mentioned about, like, Tom's obsession with Yin-Run. And this whole discussion point of, like, they treat her like a child. Like, they, they really just, like, baby her and treat her like a child, and she, like, plays into it. And they were so convinced that, like, they were gonna get to see her in the diary room, like... They they I feel like they literally thought she was just going to go into the diary room and then just immediately speak in a perfect English accent and just like drop the drop her, her um, the quote
1: unquote gimmick that they are assuming she's doing. And
0: then when they realize like, oh wait, no, it's the exact same. And she's saying the exact same.
1: Well they even call her in to like question her because they, they get a task where they get to be big brother for a minute. Yeah. And um call her into the diary room and question her about why she got rid tom tom. up for a eviction and she literally gave the same answer and they were like oh yeah well i i guess like yeah i guess that was her reason well and
0: then he the way that he also harped on the idea of like because yinra mentions like It's just, like, some of the jokes and some of, like, the – she doesn't say it exactly like this, but what she means is, like, some of the jokes and some of just the, like, sort of, like, immature humor and stuff like that was, like, something I couldn't really, like, join in on essentially or whatever. And then, like, there would be moments that would be happening in the house while they were in the spare room. yin makes a joke about, like, oh, look, this is my fingers and they're Jordan and and Henry kissing. And Tom being like, well, that's kind of an inappropriate joke, huh? It's kind of an inappropriate joke, I would say. It's like, is it? Is it? She was talking about
1: Paul and you mooning people all over the place. And, like,
0: ripping people's bedsheets off and, like, hiding shit and, like, throwing lettuce on Carrie and, like, doing, like...
1: Literally all of that juvenile bullshit as opposed to this, which was a sweet little aside about, you know, budding romance. Yeah.
0: And, I I mean... The last thing also, I am sure that Tom completely... Like, he was going to go home no matter what. I, I'm pretty much convinced. But he really fucking sealed it with that moment when... and The the moment that they showed on the Layton Live as the preview where Henry and Noki... We're in the garden just sort of talking and and Henry's basically yelling about like, I miss you, Jordan, blah, blah, blah. And Jordan at this point is in the bathroom Uh and Jenkin and Tom are on the earphones and knowing like you hear Jordan, Henry saying that he like misses Jordan. Jordan then walks in the room and goes, what I miss? And Tom goes, Henry's basically saying like, yeah, I'm fine. Jordan's gone.
1: At that point. That sealed his fate. But you realize that's not all that Henry said.
0: Well, yeah, I can remember exactly. He
1: said, I miss you, Jordan. I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? That's what? The way that the Late in Live audience booed the
0: fuck out of Tom seeing that clip and literally. Yeah, he
1: sealed his fate with that.
0: Yeah, and I wish that would have been brought up on the Late in Live interview. The Late in Live interviews with Tom and Jenkin when they got evicted were okay they weren't great i think
1: they are trying to be neutral in that they don't because part of it is that they're investing in these housemates to be future people endorsing things on their network and stuff like that and they can't do that if they are then shitting on the housemates themselves so they need to present them in the best light that they can as much as they can control. Within the house, they don't really, like, there is control, but, like, they said what they said. Right. Right. As opposed to, and it didn't
0: have to, here's my thing though. It like, it didn't have to be about like calling them racist or being like, right. why are you treating Trish and Nogi one way? That would have been one thing. Like to me, it was like the Jenkin one was the big thing where it was like, they talked about like, Oh, I mean, it was like crazy that first week when you got all those punishments and like sort of all that stuff. And yeah, that was part of his time in the house. But to me, there was no discussion about like, so one of the things that we kind of picked up was that like, you kind of spent a lot of your time in the garden, just like talking about other people being game players. And like, we didn't see as much of you like interacting with other housemates and integrating yeah. to me. That's something you could have said while still protecting him. Right. And that was frustrating to me. It was like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: He, he, it was like, you gave this perception of him as this, like sort of like high energy character. And he had moments of that, but for the most part, that was dwarfed by his just shit talking all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my, like, That's my. that was my frustration with the interviews. It's like, we're not really getting to, like, like the real shit about, like, how, like, why were you booed? Why did you get, like, because that's the thing of, like, you should tell a person, like, why do you, th- like, this is why at least we think that it seems that the public voted you out. Right. That should be told to them to a certain extent. Right. And it can be dressed up in a way, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, they, um, some like sort of like miscellaneous stuff as well that happened this week. We should talk about, um, I really, they did the, that, um, challenge where they had to do the podcast or whatever that they, where they did the interview. I actually really also like Trish t- t- speaking about like her sort of talking about her experience. She was in it with Henry and Maddie and like talking about also like.
1: nobody standing up for her and stuff like that. And Maddie was like the first one to jump in and go, look, I should have. You're right. right.
0: And sort of very like smartly talking about how it's sort of like her perception of her toughness right. and that because of that you don't conform like you don't comfort someone right. and that's kind of the white privilege aspect of like it's like right. Olivia or Chanel could be the aggressor at some but at Trish but and but the perception even if you're on Trish's side is that like well Trish ha- can handle herself she's
1: tough right. And it's like Trish doesn't need her sister to come into the house because she's tough.
0: Yeah. And they have that moment also where Trish and Noki were explaining that to Henry to a certain extent about how they hate that word. Right. Strong and tough and stuff like that. And you could tell he was understanding it, which I really appreciated. Right.
1: Like I feel like Henry is a Tory in that he's a privileged shit. Yeah. And he's never really had to think about it right i really hope that
0: i mean oh that was really the case in the podcast too when they were talking about covid
1: oh and and
0: about like yeah i think boris johnson did a great job after trish just explained that she lost like two of her like grandparents to like covid and
1: like and maddie talking about like being a doctor during covid yeah i was
0: like oh henry okay uh Talk less, please.
1: <laughs> I really, like, I, I'd like you to be in the final. Please don't. <laughs> yeah.
0: But no, like, he, I agree with you that, like, he doesn't, like, I think it's very surface. Yeah. There's not, like a, like, a deeply held, necessarily belief.
1: Right. He hasn't, like, worked out, this is why I stand for these things. It's just more of a, well... Everybody in my family's a Tory, and like we benefit from Tory shit, so yeah, might as well v- vote for them. Which I feel like is the case a lot in the U.S. as well. Like on on every area of the political spectrum, like you tend to vote with your family and the people that you're around, right? And We really should be more accustomed to questioning those things. Even if you end up back in the same place you started, you end up there with information and you end up there with a conviction of this is where I'm supposed to be. Whether you're exploring the political spectrum, whether you're exploring sexuality or your religion or your gender or any of those things, even if you end up back where you started – You end up back there with wisdom, right? with this is why I believe, this is why this is who I am, not, well, that's just how I was raised. And I think that exploring the world in that way is really the most healthy way we can do it and the way that we can approach life without ignorance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, that was Big Brother for the week. Uh, We're heading towards final week. Uh, uh, Not too much left uh, in the show. Um, We kind of mentioned already, I think we both agreed that our pick to win is Yin-Run. Yeah. Um, I would be happy. Here's the thing. I personally would be happy with either Yin-Run, Jordan, um, Henry, or I, I actually would be happy with Olivia. Like, I, Olivia, I, we didn't talk a lot. Olivia kind of turned it around for me this week in many yeah, ways. I like she agree. talked good. She took good ownership with the Trish stuff. And I think, like, it kind of proved to me that she was a little bit taken in by, like, the Jenkins right. Tom section. And when she was divorced from that, she, like, was better, I would say, in the house. Yeah. What about you?
1: I, I tend to agree. I honestly, like you said earlier, um, I do believe that this final which is actually not the final there was another elimination that happened last night and it's not it's gonna be airing tonight as we're recording this so we have not seen who it is yet i have had it spoiled
0: but, oh great
1: but, um, I have not Because I'm all over the, the reddits and stuff like that Y'all
0: got us in I, I will like, say that.
1: We were invested in this series So uh, we'll definitely be back And we'll be back for Celebrity Big Brother as well When it comes next year So we're excited for that as well um, Who knows if we'll review it You'll see when we start reviewing it But <laughs> you know we'll definitely be watching either way um, But yeah I, I love this final I think it's great um, I, I, again, like you said, I wish we had had Trish. Yeah. I wish we had gotten to hold on to Carrie and Hallie for a little bit longer, but you know, that's how it is. You know, big brother is not always about who is the best housemate. It's about who is the one in the middle. That's not rocking the boat and can get all the way to the end, you know, and then who's the best out of those six right, or five or however many end up. With that, so, yeah. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got uh Hoville House of Villains. We got Married to Medicine and Big Brother UK. What you thinking, babe? Hoville is always funny to me.
0: I want to start with my bottom. It's actually from Hoville um, uh, House of Villains. Uh, my bottom's gonna be Shake. Oh uh, yeah. I I I was very indifferent on him. And this episode, I was just like, yeah, this is not the this is the character yeah. I do not like on these shows. Um, it's just not my, and it's some other people's taste, I would say probably, but it's just not mine. And I, and I think like, it's just in a world in, in a world where we have the Tiffany Pollards and the right. Omarosas that are so nuanced in a way, but also sort of creative in how they sort of execute things. I just found it to be very lazy and, and yeah. that's almost worse than anything. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to shit on women. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. Um, go look in society. Um, my top though, for this week, um, is going to go over to Married to Medicine. I'm going to give it to actually a joint top. I'm going to give it to Toya and Eugene. Okay. Um, the Bush Harrises. um, th- I really love their dynamic. Like I mentioned before, I think they're one of the healthiest couples on Bravo. Yep. Um, even when they do fight, like it's in a way that is very healthy and, res- and respectful of each other in certain ways. Right. And I thought their, their sex talk that they had with their boys was actually really just a fun. It was one of the funnest scenes of the week, I would say, overall. Yeah. Um, and I really just enjoyed, like, their dynamic. It makes me happy to see them sort of interact. And, and, you know, if if they were able ever able to divorce, that would be one of the most crushing. Like, oh,
1: I would be, like, in mourning for, like, a month.
0: Yeah. Like, Kyle Mauricio is one thing, but, like, that would be, like, absolutely devastating.
1: <laughs> that's the institution.
0: That's the institution. Oh, uh, yes. um, Yeah. So, that's my tops and bottoms.
1: What about you, babe? So, I think my bottom is going to, uh, with no big surprise, Tom from Big Brother UK. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, He's just, he's a weaselly little bastard. <laughs> and I just can't. um. Look, maybe he's a good guy outside of the house. I doubt it. But maybe he is. Um, And I will leave space for that. Sure. But I just... It's just been, like, nasty the entire season. Like, there have been no redeeming moments. Um, And it's just... He's got this, like... I have said it multiple times. It's fucking Randall from Recess. <laughs> like, I can't. Is that his name? I think I think so. Let me. I'm going to look it up. Um. Anyway, the little Weasley guy that snitches on everybody to. Uh, no, it's Randall. It's yeah. Randall. Okay. Anyway, uh, he's just. I can't. I can't. I absolutely can't. I hated kids like him growing up. I will always hate people like that. I will punt them over any fence I possibly can. (laughs) Like, it's just uh, on on principle. Like, people like that are slimy. It's it's awful. Yeah. So, I'm going to turn my attention from that bullshit to my top of the week, which is Tanisha on Hoville. Love Tanisha. Um. I am just really looking forward to seeing, because I can kind of see the shape of the rest of the season, right? It's going to, uh, dear God, if she goes out next, I'm going to be mad. But if she stays, I can see the rest of the season shaping up as a divide in the house between Omarosa and Tanisha. Tanisha will have um, bananas on her side. And Omarosa has um, fair play. And, like, they'll just kind of split and become, like, these, this is what I wanted. This is the villain off, right? Yeah. Between her and Omarosa. And she she did. She clocked in this week. And Bitch is here to play. Um, And I am really excited to see the energy. Because... Here's the thing. New York is always like high energy, like going and taking it there. But she doesn't really have that I not not to mean like depth of character, but like the umph, the underhanded dastardliness mm. to her that really like she's just she's just a bitch at the end <laughs> of the day, right? That's just who New York is and we love her for it. Um, like Jax, she has grown since her villainy, um, and can still access it, but she's really just, she's not that person that she was on Flavor of Love anymore. Um, and she tried to take it there and got voted out, and now Tanisha's taking over. She's like, let me, let me show you. Yeah. Let me show you how to get down and dirty in the mud with these bitches, because Omarosa don't play. Omarosa will go and, like... Fix the voting machines. (laughs) Um, allegedly. Um, but (laughs) Tanisha will go there too. Tanisha will get nasty in the mud with you. Right. And that's the villain off. That that's the pairing, the head to head that I really foresee this season going to. Those two and the Johnnies. And it really just being the four of them to the end. Yeah heading out this giant nasty fuck you battle and I am here for every fucking second hey thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy join us next time for
0: more of our recaps and hot takes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening and check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms
1: A special shout-out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out.
0: This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.